This podcast being recorded live in the Urban Fly Company studios. And we are back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Jason Thompson here. Across the table, we have Urban Fly Company's Mark Burns. To my left, big man on the board, Chris Sims. And getting comfy in that fourth chair over there, Jim Franklin. Uh, we will also have uh, Dave Hutchison calling in. And uh, we'll get to see what's new with him. Get to catch up with our old friend. And uh, here's what we're going to be talking about on tonight's podcast. Uh, we went to tying night. Uh, Muskie Max. Dave Hutchison will be calling in. Fishing with the fellas. Uh, with FT3 uh, in Franklin, uh, April 22nd. And I believe tickets available now. Yes, they are. Uh, we'll be doing a uh, little talk about Mentored Youth Day. Off the rails. There's a few things I just want to go over, whatever. At the end, we'll talk for a little while. But before we get to all that, who are we sponsored by, Mark? Tonight, we are brought to you by Yeti, built for the wild. Sims Fishing. Check out, they got their whole new lineup of G4s out for 23, ready to roll. A-Rex, got a couple new ones here. Chris, check this out. The new SA-10 Clouser saltwater hooks. Boy, I tell you what, nice saltwater stainless hook. But also, that's going to really double up well for musking and pike hooks. It's a nice yeah. J-style hook. It's a little bit different than uh, your TP610 Predators or your uh, Stinger hook. So it's a nice little change there. Maybe something to check out for musky pike. I like that. And also, we've got Cortland lines. Speaking of which, getting to that time of the year, low fishing slow. Their intermediates perfect, but their musky pike lineup from intermediates the whole way through sink eights are awesome. Check them out. And we got friends of the show tonight, Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis, Down to Earth Wealth Ma Management, Thomas Shank, Chippewa River Custom Rods, uh, our buddies over at Muskie Fool, our friends at the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance, and I think that is it. Uh, I want to plug the Facebook group again. We've got a good, grump, a good bunch of dudes and dudettes on the group, so if you're listening to the podcast and you have Facebook, join the group. We'd appreciate talking with you. So, we had a tying night. We did. Good times. Yeah, it was the last tying night we were going to have of the year. Anybody else want to... They screwed your Anybody system. else going <laughs> to chime right in? Mark, got, Mark messed up my paperwork over here. Gosh darn it, Mark. Oh, God forbid you not read off of it for five seconds. Oh, I can't have that. That's not my, that's not my way, Mark. Yeah, we did have a good tie-in night this week. We had a couple people in from out of town. We have Cleveland, Pittsburgh represented there. All the usual suspects were kind of back. And one, yeah. of the, one of the old usual suspects was around, too. Our good yeah. buddy Chad Bauer. It was awesome yeah. to see Chad again. I hadn't seen him since our last float. Which one was that? Uh, January, early February? Yeah, January, early February. Yeah, one of them. Close enough. Give or take. But, yeah, we uh, got some pizza. Which was awesome. Uh, yeah, thank you, Diaz. Yeah, John sponsored that. Appreciate that, Diaz. Good pie. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't. There were a ton of people there. Ton of people. I don't know that a lot of tying got done though. I saw some people <laughs> tying. I, I felt like the, the table at first was pretty much packed with people tying. Off. I got a couple of uh, singles done off the bat, and then it petered off after that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I can never make it there for the first hour because I don't leave work till five thirty. Then I gotta get home and disappoint my kids by telling I'm leaving, and then leave, and then I'm 45 minutes away. 
But it's it's good time. Andrew tied a couple uh, leeches. A couple more? Yep. Get that arsenal of leeches going. Was Derek tied? Derek yeah, tied a bunch tied of little uh, nymphs. Stuff I thought, or? yeah, I yeah. thought Mark's head was going to explode sitting next to him, but, you know, he <laughs> held in there. <laughs> I just picked on him. I, that's all. I know. I gave him a hard time. Uh, who else? I, I gave him a hard time, too. I mean, I just go pick those off the shelf. Come on, man. I ain't got enough time for that. Yeah, I didn't tie a thing. I just took my camera. I wanted to uh, memorialize the last tying night of spring 23. And I got a lot of pretty good pictures. They're they're in editing right now. But uh, we'll post those up, put some on the Facebook group, put them on the gram. By the time we get them all edited and ready to go, it'll be time for next year's <laughs> tying night. <laughs> no, they'll be up by, I don't know, summer. <laughs> Editing's run high on that one. I need, to, uh, I need to make some presets in my Lightroom. I think that would speed up my editing process, but um, that's exactly kind of how you see where I have. Can I have two different settings depending on what light I'm at and where it is, and click, click, and then yep, roll. But I'm lazy, so I'll probably just buy some from Peter McKinnon, download them, and then tweak them the way I want them. <laughs> he's got he's got really <laughs> good presets. They're pretty slick. But yeah, tying night was awesome, and that's it. Yeah, I, really? I I mean, I don't remember much of it, but whatever you guys remember <laughs> of it, I mean, you guys told me it was a good time. You told me I wasn't too got awful bad annoying. I sure as hell felt like I had to have been the next day because I felt like crap yesterday, like I needed sleep. Um, had a few of them of recent, huh? Well, yeah, only on a Friday night. I don't know. It must be. I think it's because Eric Church told me to, you know? Had a drink Friday after work, like a like a belligerent asshole. <laughs> but at least I always have a ride to and from tying night. If you're gonna get belligerently drunk like Jay's going to on a Friday night, at least have a nice ride home and somebody good to see your good to see your old man there again. Yeah, yeah, yeah the old Rick. man. Yeah, he hung out for a while. Uh, cousin Shane made it out. He had some stuff to do, but he made it out a little later just to, you know, have a few beers and have a little bit of guy time he needed. Mm -hmm. So always fun to have him out there as well. <coughs> and uh, next week, uh, we will be having we'll be talking about those guys, Chad and uh, my cousin Shane, for a little bit on the podcast. So oh, that's right, yeah, that should be a good time as well. Get our old buddy back in here. Maybe I'll just let him do the beginning monologue. At least we can interrupt him and you know <laughs> mess with him a little bit. <laughs> so uh, other than that, we did uh, we went down to the Musky Max uh, mm -hmm. the week before. Mark went down. Uh, that was uh, yeah. what you went down. Friday night, no, or did you just run Saturday, Saturday morning. morning? Left early Saturday morning. I mean, it wasn't too bad. It's an hour and 20-minute drive, and it's literally all turnpike, too, which is sweet. Uh, got down early. Raz was there, met me there, and we got set up in pretty quick order. Show started at 9 o'clock, and it's kind of the same as last year. The first half hour, you're kind of sitting there like, all right, what's going on here? There's people everywhere, and nobody's here, and then it was like literally all of a sudden, like 9.30 hit, and it was almost noon. Holy crap, it was like literally just people, one after another after another, and got to see a lot of familiar faces from last year. A lot of people came back, a uh, handful of new ones, listeners of the show. So we got a good mix, a lot of people through. I, uh, you know, dang near did what I did all last year and by noon. Nice. So, I mean, it was a good start. End of the day, kind of filled, still pretty decent. A lot of people coming through. Sunday was a uh, pretty decent turnout. A lot less than Saturday. I mean, Saturday's kind of your 
the boomer there. But it trickled through for pretty much the whole day until, you know, the presentations were done. Saturday, there's a couple presentations. So you got, I think, four guys, three or four guys talking on Saturday. And then they got, like, an Ask the Pros type thing where, you know, they have a, all the guys sitting up on the panel and asking questions on Sunday. So you get quite a bit coming through for that. But, you know, all in all, it was, seemed like a really good turnout this year. It was a good year. Good. What was your uh, what was your biggest seller? Hmm. It's usually always driver pigs or single dragon tails. Okay. And I kind of expanded on them this year, and it was just the same. Nice. And those were gear guys buying yeah. those. Yep. A lot of them are. So you you mainly have a lot of gear guys that are wanting to get into fly fishing and just new to it, and you have a lot of gear guys that see this as a springtime thing or they see it as a certain time of, you know, certain avenue that's effective that works. So there's times where maybe gear bait are too much or they need to throw back bait, stuff like that, and they're finding avenues where the fly is working for them and they're using it in that manner too. Cool. So I don't really know, maybe one or, uh, yeah, no, I had a few that were fly guys that were there kind of looking around. Yeah, we did have a handful, probably half dozen or so. It's pretty good. Yeah. But no, much strong majority of it is geary, mainly using it with gear right. not using it on gear using it having a flyer on the boat and certain times and situations are using it nice i know <clears throat> i came down uh well friday was another one of those stupid you know uh, man something about those oh, fridays yeah. how you feel me wait no you were saturday oh that's well, right yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah yeah you did you I had a rough felt, night before I, yeah, you came I down i felt like a big bag of no, oh, something poopy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I yeah, I felt terrible again. Drank too much on Friday night, uh, hanging out here, uh, and oh man, it just bad night. Next day, I felt like shit. Still, I was like debating. I was I was honestly, I was like, oh, debating is like, you're like done. Just got down here and stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm leaving. So I was already pretty much packed up, ready to go on my way, and uh, it was fun. Got to stand around, hang out with the fire, had a couple more beers. Good evening. Started to feel a little bit better. It's kind of turned into the yearly thing now. Go over to Raz, have a fire, and sit there for the evening and hang out. It was nice. And we were still, we were out there, it seemed like a long while. We were still in bed by 10 o'clock. I had actually woken up really early in the morning and took a drive. That's when I was in, you know, by your neck of the woods there, and... Uh, I, uh, it was a useless drive, but I woke up at 6.30 in the morning to drive around Devon looking at brook trout streams that were all blown out and raging down the sides of the mountains. And so That's <coughs> what early springs are for. Yeah. yeah we got a ton of rain. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty tough. Chad and I have done that quite a few years over the past, just hopped in. and I was, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun because you get to drive around, and there's no leaves, you get to see everything. But it's tough because it's usually always blown, and it's like, man, I wonder what this really looks like. Like how right. juicy is it? So it's we stopped in a few different spots and kind of walked through a section, you know, something that he can walk through all, you know, you can walk through all year there, and uh, <clears throat> so it was fun. We still had a nice little drive early in the morning. He brought me a McDonald's breakfast, so that made my hangover a little less bad, you <laughs> know. And then he came back and we sat at the table here and had a couple beers. That knocked the hangover out, but then you know the hangover came back. And that's when I, I had to get, jump in the shower and then came down to see you. And uh, the next day was a lot of fun at Musky Max. I didn't get to go with you last year. And, man, some of these lures, 
that are at this place. I mean, they are humongous. They, well, I mean, I'm talking 24, yeah. 24 inches long and beautifully painted. Oh, yeah, awesome like paint football. jobs. Dude, p- bigger than this bottle of booze. <laughs> I mean, they, they were humongous. Oh, some of them rubber lures, uh, too. No, yeah, even the ones that you yeah. just, they troll with but that look like real pike. Are those, they actually use those? Troll with them, yeah. How about Holy some of the rubber shit. lures, though? I mean, them things oh are. Oh, my gosh. They're two pound. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if they come with a vibrator. I mean, you can easily retrofit it, I would imagine. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's can, I, can, I, can I turn this on thing it. on and, you know, pocket from my from my phone and, you know, turn it up real high? Oh, he's, I got to follow. You know, turn it up higher. You know, That'd be funny to mess, up, mess with somebody like that. But, man, it, some of those things, they are just huge pieces of rubber. We yeah. had to pay homage and to Chad while we were there. Holy hell, are they expensive. I was gonna say, what is what is one of those costs? Uh, all of it. All of it. <laughs> like all your money. <laughs> yeah, like social like, sign here. Holy hell! You got you'd have. Th- I mean, ten thousand dollars wrapped up in lures in just no time. I can imagine. Got a three. I had like three different bait makers walk. I probably by the end of the show, I think I had like eight different bait makers buy flies. Really, that's cool. Three or four of them were looking around. You're like, you don't charge enough. Like walking around here. No, mm-hmm. I don't. Not at all. I was like, dang, I'll tell you what, if I was up with someone where these baits were, boy, one show would make a couple months for me. Maybe uh, there's a, a market adjustment at Muskie Max for Urban Fly Company. <laughs> <laughs> Get them online. Inflation, show me a picture yeah. of your fly rod. This, fr- this fly is $28. <laughs> Otherwise, it's 50 <laughs> Mark, yeah. had, Mark had his vice there. We were all throwing some yeah, stuff you together. Yeah, some time. You, yeah. You Nod my bucktail apart very well. Yeah. I, well, like hey, a, hey, hey. Looked like a beaver got a hold of it. And the fly turned out okay, though, right? Mm-hmm. Fly looks good. Looks like one of Jay's Bufords. It looks Ooh. nice. Hey, speaking of friends of the show, it's not, not Weller, is it? That's not Weller. No. You go from <laughs> Weller to Mellow Corn. That's going to really <laughs> throw things out. That really caught me off guard. Uh, that's them uh, musky full, unique variant feathers they got. Pretty I like cool. those. Yeah, Very nice. Are. Yeah, they, they look are. really they good. I like them. I need to get on and order some of those. They I match the vice. I need feathers. Mm-hmm. I need feathers. Badly. Just ordered a bunch today. Very nice vice to tie on. It was. You like it? Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was a good time. How'd you like it? It was very nice. Yeah, it was smooth. Definitely a little different from what you're using in the Renzetti, huh? You could definitely tell that thing is a magnum compared to the other one. That it's thing is just heavy in a, in a different... Different style. Like that one, you have that Renzetti. That thing holds. Mm-hmm. Six saw it's great. It does. I have no issue with it. It but really the, holds. The, the body of it's not quite what a monster Regal is. Yeah, <laughs> no. That, that thing feels like a tank. Yeah. It really holds that wire well, too, for those gliders. Mm-hmm. It really it really locks, locks it in. I tie it on the, that, that back loop, of course. But. And that's like what Bob uses for his um, like uh, mono fleas, the big beasts. Because mm-hmm. you can hold them points at either end if you do it that way or do it in hand, whatever. Right. Does that head on that vice, does it have like two different channels in the front of it for mm-hmm. different sides? Like that's mm-hmm. nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the front's, I don't know, I mean, I've been using, I, I tied minis on it today to see, so it goes down to two watt, um, but it goes up and you've tied eight watt blue waters on it, and that's a massive gauge to That's eight a watt. huge hook. Yeah. So it easily holds up to eight watt plus. Have you dremeled one of those yet? Mm-hmm. How'd that yeah, go? Went good. Came out really good. I went and nice. got uh, maybe a week or so ago. I got a bench vice to put on a stand up too. So mm-hmm. it's on the other end beside the wire bender, and I did and took one when I was building my box and cutting all them holes out. And right. Yep. 
file decides one on it. Still, still pretty strong. You think it's? Oh fine yeah, hundred percent. It'll be perfectly fine. Took awesome. it back to like kind of cool. where the bend is. Just kind of locked it right where I wanted, and just kind of just kept working on it, working on it, and then just filed it a little bit with a um, hook file. Nice, Hit cool. It just to tune it up sides a little bit. She's sharp the whole way back. It is a long barb now. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I'll be a good. I think uh, you can do like big bulkheads. It's, you know, it's where it's like you can get a big body on it, but that hook's so heavy. It'll help get down yeah. with that bulkhead. It'll still help move that big, heavy gauge hook. Yeah, that'd be great for uh, for the river. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, tie tie a deceiver or uh, some minnows on that. Yep. Get it down now. Yep, 100%. In that, there's so much current. Your current's dang near working that fly for you just as much, too. But yeah, yeah that big, heavy gauge, like, that's perfect. But I've always been worried just trying to get that. And I mean, I've had a few fish. I've landed fish on it, but I've lost way more on it so far. And it is. I mean, it's one that you've really got to be. It's not a fly that you want eight when you're not paying attention. Yeah. You want to be full force pumping that thing like a tarpon when it eats it. So yeah. So if you can sit there and file the sides of it and take it down in, heck yeah. Yeah. It worked out great. I'm going to try that. And we're not using it in salt water, so yeah. it's not like it's going to rust by taking a side of the stainless off of it. All you're doing is tuning it down. Right. I wouldn't do it for salt water, but for fresh, it's fine. Yeah, I'm going to try that. Faux show. We got off on a tangent there. Mm-hmm. What well, were we talking about? You can about? keep tangenting. I mean, you know, we're still running a little. That's what I've been doing a lot, though, now is I'm kind of getting to where I'm tweaking and playing. And I'm going to, I'm going to try something different this year that we'll get into leader setups and working with weighting and just cool. moving things around to get the fly to different depths and still get certain actions out of it. Start playing with the different water <coughs> parts of the water column. Well, I mean, I'm always one, and you guys know. I mean, if you can get that fly three feet deep at the boat, good. Get it deeper. I don't want to see that fly. I've I've always been that way. That's why I like fishing black flies. I don't want to see the fly. I want to see that fish in the eight. That's that's it. Keep that, and as long as I can keep that, especially in lakes, if we're dealing with five, six foot deeper, eight, nine foot preferably, and that fly's coming in four or five foot, oh, I'm happy as I'll get out. So yeah. if I can figure out a way to manipulate the leader with a line to keep that fly down in a deeper depth without me putting any more fatigue on my back by, you know, bending over the whole way or getting on my knees, mm-hmm. be nice. Keep tweaking, playing. That's so, the fun part. You know, being, yeah, it is. being there, I mean, one of the best things that I, I, I took away from the weekend was uh, Raz's spare room bed was phenomenal <laughs> that is one of the most comfy beds really at, oh nice and quiet he had a fan already in the room i mean i, I was like in heaven it was like <laughs> a little sanctuary to myself i regretted it that's like oh I man just that the bed. bed was oh my gosh that made my weekend that was a wonderful little uh it felt like retreat for the weekend for myself <laughs> a little getaway yeah it was pretty cool man it was a oh man was it comfy Man, you gotta get me one of those new one. But uh, that like when you you know you had people coming up and talking to you and talking to all of us uh, just about the flies and you know them being a little fly curious you know and uh, you know wanting to know what and how and you know you explaining everything like you were explaining it out you know and I thought it was real that was kind of cool you know there's a, and there was a lot of it I felt like. Yeah, I mean, try to be as thorough as I can because everybody's situation is going to be a little different as to what they have. So if I can kind of hit on everything, going to hit something they got. Yeah, give an overview. And a lot of them are floating lines. A lot of them are intermediates. 
and that's a reason why the um, river pixel is good as they do because that's a great fly to work on them lines. But then also, you know, the dragon tails because that just fits right into the gear world. That's perfect. So the guys that are fishing a sinking line and one to Buford, they go right to them. But you know what's funny? I took white river pig, white single, white double, white single with dragon tail. Sold out of all the white doubles and brought back every single other white one. Really? Mm-hmm. White? And all black. Now, every other color sold the crap out of. Yellow, sold a ton of. Bluegill, ton. No of your stupid pink. Imagine that, two years in a row. Not stupid. Mm-hmm. So on that sheet, <laughs> and it says next year, don't bring pink as many. Because hmm. that's two those, years in a row. Those perch colors oh, were perch flying, were dude. Yeah. In the bluegill, too. Gear people love natural colors. It really is. Perch, sucker, and bluegill. Absolutely love them colors. Like, what, like, our fly colors that are the most popular ones that, like, I sell the most of are not what was selling as money there. Huh. It was definitely natural colors. Very, very much, though. Yep. I but mean, all I, the suckers, brownies, bluegills, perch, fire tiger. Sold out pretty much all of them from singles to doubles, to dragon tails to double dragon, whatever. Um, river pigs, all of them. But uh, then uh, spoons tried to run. I was like, all right, I'm at the gear world a little bit here. I had Evans up at Queen City make me up some double eights attached to the front of them. Yeah, that was whenever like fart in church. No, so, no, I sold two of them. Two, two. Hmm. That's not enough. And then the bodies. <laughs> They, like a they giant all, Joe's fly. I, I, I sold so many of the bodies I was putting them on that I started taking the spoons back off them to sell them. <laughs> one. Like, all right, well, this isn't working anymore. We're going to have to get the uh, pliers out here and start popping these clips off. Got to reevaluate. Minnows. The, uh, that was one thing I didn't expect. Pretty much sold out of every minnow I brought. Wow. I, yeah, I didn't expect that at all. And That's awesome. They, they went quick. I love your minnows. Thank you. I'm going to make a you bunch know, in, of them. In, I, got, I think 55 on order right now. I was just looking today, counting. I have, just minnows. I have a hard time throwing Bufords in the big river when when I yeah, can throw minnows. It, yeah, Cause, in, cause, in that scenario, I agree, 100%. Yeah, it's just that water is moving so fast, and I need to get mm-hmm. it down now. And unless I'm running like a sink eight, which is going to get hung up every fifth cast. Man, I tell you what, these double, yep, these double uh, river picks. I think that's yeah. going to be another one for the Big River Water. Absolutely. Perfect. On a 12-weight, I know exactly where I want to throw them to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That whole long stretch that you, Rick, and I hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be done because it drops off now. But yeah, right, right, right below that whirlpool. Or uh-huh. The, the yep. Rapid. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. a really nice back eddy there. Inlet there, too. Yep. A lot of guys get uh, musky off the bank there. Yes, off I, the bank I there bet. as it comes down to where that... that bank goes straight up, straight down. Straight down. That fish got to literally be within feet of that bank. Yep, and a lot of the guys walk out on that little peninsula mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. and they bang a ton of muskie there. And that's that's why we spend uh, a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a nice stretch. I and noticed uh, guys there... Uh, were you going ahead? No, I was just going to congratulate us on yet another tangent. Oh no, John! Fine, we got a we got a couple minutes. To, we got a couple minutes to fill up here. I'm going to talk even go a little more tangy on the on the, the musky max and just get into that. Like, 
you know, uh, when you guys coming up when I was there the whole that day coming up and talking, and it wasn't quite as many as the first day. You know, you seen guys that came in and they wanted to have and were gonna, you know, start having a fly rod on the boat with them, along with their musky gear. And then you saw, and we talked to a few guys who thought like, well, in these situations, I don't want to use a gear rod. I'm, I'm just gonna go with a fly. You know what I mean? In certain situations and tributaries to big ri big ass rivers. Um, and it, w it was fun to talk to them because they wanted to, like, move to the next level. You, the, you, you felt like some of the guys wanted to kind of, man, I want to, you know, progress a little, I guess I, I, we call it in the fly world. But, I mean, I, I w for them, it's just probably going at it a different way. But, you know, hey, I want to catch one on the fly. I've gotten close. I've caught a ton on gear. But I really want to get one on the fly, you know. Well, and and I think a lot of that, though, too, is the gear world. And a lot of them guys, are they put effort in. They really do. You're not talking about so much as going sitting on a bank and chucking suck up something out there. I mean, these guys are putting in a lot of work to catch the muskies they do, and they're using this for their advantage. They don't want to suck at it. They want to be able to use it for their advantage. So, I mean, they're going gung-ho with it. You know, they're getting into it, and they're, you know, usually, like, getting a few trips, and it's like, all right, let's figure out how this works, and they get good with it quick. Yeah, and your guys can pick it up quick. And they're anglers, too. You know, like, we... Yeah. We try to reach the next pinnacle. So, you know, we start, you know, every one of us started fly fishing, except for Jim here, for like panfish in a pond. And then you're like, all right, what's the next thing I can do? What's the next challenge? What's the next, what's the next benchmark for me? And for a lot of these gear guys, maybe the next benchmark, the next challenge is let's, let's throw flies at them. Mm -hmm. See if we can catch them on a fly rod. Yeah, because a lot of them are good at what they do. They're catching a lot of muskies. I mean, they're no sure. dummy musky fishing oh yeah when you see the tournament results for the gear tournaments compared to the oh, you know, even sure. the beast yeah. it's disgusting it hurts your soul <laughs> well i mean and that and with their and with them seeing so many fish it gives them so much more knowledge to where the fish are when they're going to be there this and this and this and this and so you at least they know when they hit when they were there with the fly rod that not that they're using the fly rod right or anything but they know they're fishing over fish because they've caught them there on gear. Back to what you said, though. If you look at a lot of two-day tournaments and you look at casting, not trolling, numbers aren't that that far No, ca casting, casting your are absolutely There's right. a lot of them, yes. They're picking up 20, 30 fish trolling. Mm -hmm. Now, and a lot of them mm -hmm. guys aren't casting because they are trolling. I get that. But casting-wise, I mean, no, they're not picking up that, that many. Yeah, well, remember not this last piece, but the one before it, that one boat oh, that yeah, kept they rolling are. through. Yeah, they are, but it's, yeah. Yeah, those guys trolling, they got, what, mm -hmm. a 51? And, oh, yeah. And like a 48? Yeah. I mean, they are picking up a more, but not, you know, ridiculous amounts more. But yeah, right. they are. Yeah, because that was near PJ. When PJ caught that little one and it, it got him, it got him in the hand, cut him. And then he went when he like kind of like yeah, went down yeah. and they're like he's scared of it. Yeah, now certain times of the year, no, it's like ten to one though. You know, you get in the heat yeah. and stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. We can't keep up with that. But it's neat how like some of them, uh, or even like with you know, I'm not a fan. And we can, we're not going to get down this rabbit hole of live scoping. But instead of bonding, taking flies, drop shotting them. And dropping them down because a bait just drops dead. Right. Where they're sitting at a foot off the bottom and the bait's suspending and it's sitting there swimming like a fish. Yeah. And then they watch the fish swim up over to it and they start jigging them up and they can, they're getting them on flies that way. Yeah. Interesting idea. Mm. It, if, if you're and it works. If you choose to utilize that technology, yes, it would work. Hmm. It works well. 
works well. See, that's what you, that's all I need. It's like I was talking to Gear Man. That's all you need. <laughs> that's all I need. Is a, some, uh, a little bit more technology. A Put little telescope in your raft. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll, it'll be the green little green machine out there, man. We'll go Lawrence and the little live scope on the side. Oh, I love talking killer. to uh, Gear Man down there. He's when he gets on uh, Fat AZ every once in a while. Mm-hmm. He was talking. He has the one piece Thorn Brother rods, and that's what he uh, color coordinates the thread wraps for his <laughs> intermediate that matches line. Oh, so that's he's smart. Like, whenever I reach in, he's like, because he's he's a gear guy. He's nine million rods and has every electronic unit. And he utilizes flies in a lot of different ways. But he's like, that way, when I reach in, he goes, I know exactly which one I'm grabbing because the color lines up with the line. It's like, yeah. good. I don't have like idea. I can't. I can't buy like seven one chippy piece rods. rods. <laughs> I mean, you could. I, I do want a one-piece 12-weight. I really want a one-piece 12-weight. When we go see our friends in August, I'm going to arrange to have one waiting for me mm. so he doesn't have to ship it. You know what I saw you last night? I was looking at just screwing around. A Surf Exocet that was on discount. Yeah. 12 weight. That, way, that wouldn't be a good two-hand overhead aerial rod. No, that'd be pretty I good. I mean, it probably. is a four-piece. Right. But that Exocet four-piece in the 500 grain, it's a beefy stick. Yeah. Probably the nicest four-piece I've casted. Wow. Four-piece. Right. I'm wondering what that in a Surf rod would be like. I, I like that four-piece I have from Tom uh, until I cast the two-piece. <laughs> and that four-piece is great, that four-piece ten-weight. The two-piece will be great until you cast the one-piece. Yeah, and then and then I'm driving to Wisconsin hill. to buy <laughs> to pick up I'm more one-piece. Like I told you, you I am waiting. tubes on your truck. I'm waiting until I get my boat that I want. Not only want I want anything special, I just want a 16-foot side console with a 20 for the horse restricted, and it's got to have a nine-foot locker. And when I do, I'm just buying them all right then. Buying like five of them, getting one shipment done and being done. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Loading up. And then, then I'll, I'll have room to leave them in there. And or I'll never bring my rods onto your boat. No. <laughs> or or, or yeah. get a couple with cork, get a couple with the regular grips. And oh, I love that cork. Yep. Yeah. They are, because ultimately that would be the ultimate to have. Or when you get your boat, pieces. we just take one more trip up to, uh, you know, we take a trip back yeah. up to Wisconsin and go fish again in a yep. couple years whenever that happens, and then you just buy them all right there, and we don't have to have any shipping. It's really yeah. for what I do. We if just I do get it. that boat and I have this raft and keep the little tinny I got now for all the junk that I don't want to smack the good boat in. <laughs> right. 16 <laughs> foot with a 20 horse is relatively reasonable. In yeah, boat that's a, part. yeah, that's a fine you're lo- boat. You're low 20s at a brand new boat. Load yeah. it up. You're yeah. not bad at all. So something like that would fit our lakes here because they're either horsepower restricted or they're electric only, and yep. whatever lakes are open horsepower don't really have muskies in them. Yeah, I I wish our fish commission would change the horsepower restrictions to if you have because I've got that one fifty one oh five, and I can't run it at all other than a trolling motor. I wish they would just say, hey, if you're bigger than a, if you're bigger than a twenty horse, no okay. wake, or ten mile an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Give, give us a speed limit or even just sit because it's easier to enforce no wake, right? There's nobody out there with a radar gun, but they can see a wake coming yeah. off your boat. I just don't. Some of those lakes are pretty big, and I don't want to be out there relying just on my trolling motor on a 20-foot boat. You can wake with your trolling motor. <laughs> 112. I think it maxes at six miles an hour, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them. Yeah. Some of the lakes are big, though. At least, yeah. at least the one is. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, that one's really big. <laughs> yeah. And they just oh, they they I think they've made it to where all the all the horsepower restricted lakes here are now twenty horse, which is good because some were ten, but now they're all twenty. So if you've just got uh, a fifteen or a twenty, you can hit all the horsepower restricted boats. Any of you guys fish those lakes recently? Mm, stems of them. All right. We've got one area that the pike run out into. How is that? Starting. It's not there. They're in and they're out. They'll kind of like go in, go out, kind of wait for that weather to hit. And when the weather's nice, you'll see a push of them. Right. And it's kind of like I was telling Jim the other day, you saw a push early, and then all of a sudden the fish started showing up. And then by the afternoon, the fish had kind of turned. So when you're walking, they were facing the opposite direction, which was weird. Yeah. So it's like, that was kind of interesting. Then he went back today, and I mean, I saw a lot of fish. Probably in the neighborhood of 25 or 30. I had probably 10 of them that just, they just wouldn't do nothing. They'd turn on the fly, they'd follow it up to the edge of the bank, and they'd just sit there. And then I had one after about three casts finally, like, swiped its head at it. I was like, oh, this one might do something. And then he turned and swam up a little bit, maybe like four or five feet, and I cast it up past him, nothing. Cast the brand past him, nothing. And I stopped in front of his face and just lunged forward at it and hammered it. Like, All right. That was the only one that made an attempt to eat. I had one real good fish, like 33, 4. That was weird. It was just I'm walking down, and I can see him sitting there. Fired a cast down, and just nothing. How big of flies for those fish right now? Two to four this right is, now. This is pike you're fishing for. Yeah. So essentially what I'm going to try to do is hit it a little bit, and I'm going to see, because right now when they're coming in, they're kind of waiting, and then you're going to have the big ones come in, and then they're actually going to eat a little bit, and then they're going to go to do their thing, and then you're just done, and you leave. So once they start doing their thing, then they're paired up, and then I peel out. But we're kind of hitting, like, now you got a lot of the males coming in. There was a couple females. I had one that was about 30 inch, and she was just fatter and all get out, just sitting right at the edge of the bank under the fly and just followed it right up in and just sat down there underneath it and just wouldn't do nothing but a majority of what you'll have now will be like the jacks come in and then they're going to kind of stage waiting for their fat ones and then the females will come in and then they're going to kind of do their little protection and that's where kind of what I'm going to try to find that little window which is fun because what I want to do this year is kind of stand and kind of almost fishing like you would be swinging for steelhead but fish D&Ds then run them down and then run them back over and then yeah once they pair up then it's, it's done so you have like a little window for a couple of days right before they do that, and then they pair and you peel out, and then you're very, I, very I don't, short. Yeah, and I, I've never stayed for the post to see what goes on. I'm sure they may, but usually the water kind of peels out or it gets high. You lose it, and muskies are moving, so I'm more worried about that. But I almost watch this to kind of watch them through because then it helps me know what's going on with the pike in the other areas and where they're moving. Mm-hmm. So. Usually when they move, the muskies are going to be kind of starting not too, too long back behind it. And to, be on, yeah, to, be, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever caught a pike down through any of that stretch, you know, past this early time in the year. Like once it starts getting warmer into late spring and summer. I mean, I'm yeah. sure it could happen, but as far as me personally, I've never caught one down there that late or heard of anybody catching no, one. No, once they move out of that, they're done. And then something else moves in, shad or... White bass, and then if it floods, stripers. And, and hybrids, yeah. Yep. Yep. But, hey, let's give uh, Dave a ring. Sounds good. And we are back with Dave Hutchison, Ape of the Ozarks on Instagram. How's it been going, Dave? It's been a little while since we talked to you. Doing well, man. Doing well. Glad to, glad to be back. So uh, 
before we came on the air, it sounded like a lot of big things have been happening to you since we talked to you last. You want to give us a little heads up on what's new? For sure. Yeah. So last time we talked, I was um, a professor at the uh, assistant professor at the University of Missouri. Um, and, you know, me and one of my buddies actually kind of joined forces and started a surgical practice down in Tucson, Arizona. So that's been a, a big transition, you know, a lot less immediate access to, to water, but um, it definitely kind of got me moving westward and um, going to give me a little bit more uh, access to the to this side of the this part of the country for sure utah um idaho montana um so definitely looking forward to it um along with the move did you uh you know going from missouri all the way out west uh, i know you tie a ton of flies did you have time to keep tying them up during all that or did you find a way to uh you know tie your uh vice to the front of your car or to your to your dash somehow <laughs> yeah yeah, it's it's a funny story. I actually um, I had a I actually had a little bit of a of a accident myself. I ruptured my left bicep back in August, and so they they had to reattach that to my forearm. So they put me in this this crazy kind of immobilization brace. So I was tying with one arm <laughs> for the past four or five months, um, just barely able to move one hand. So I, it, it did cut down a little bit, but. Um, when, once I got down here, I made the move in, in December and started down here in January. So I've been very fortunate and, and back up and going, um, and tied a pretty good bit, not tied, um, quite as much, you know, I probably tie a week now, you know, I used to tie golly, I bet you I tied five, six nights every week. Um, so I'm still tying a, a, a good amount, much more now than I did kind of in that lull period somewhere between September to November. I kind of had a little bit of a drop off, but um, we're back up and going now pretty good. As if you needed anything to make you tie any better. Here, I'm going to learn how to do it with one hand. Now you got two <laughs> hands back. You're just. Golly, you want to you wanna talk about humbling. You're just trying to stack hair and get yeah. it to stay there. You're just, <laughs> it was oh, awful, but. That's going to be a it. treat. I got to ask. What did you learn from that? How did, you know, moving forward, what did you learn from having to tie with one hand that benefited you now? Less is more. Oh, yeah. That's great. Less yeah. is more. Yeah, and, and it's kind of some of the stuff I've been doing here recently is is really based on that. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time basically trying to pirate stuff from Mark this past year. I've been playing with the Buford, trying to get it down to a, a much smaller platform for trout. Um, you know, I went from trying, you know, just the, the classic two-hook platform to putting it on a changer body to a single to – you know, a single with a change of body and then just sticking a little bitty, you know, SA 280 uh, for the tail, um, mm -hmm. playing with mm -hmm. that a lot this year. And, um, you know, it, it trying to do all that with, with, with a little bit less of the, the hands on deck was a lot of fun, but, um, we managed, I don't know. Have you, uh, just curiosity, cause it hit me. Have you tried the new A-Rex, um, what's that? The big heavy shank hook they have. Is that like a whatever they have for like Argentine or whatever they designed for that dime? I forget. There's a name of it, but I think Which that one? I don't know what the I don't know what the actual number of it is. But they had a new one. It's like a trout one. It's an overgaged one, and I've been eyeing that, thinking for a trout sized Buford, that thing would have great weight proportion with a hook gauge size the way that it is. So they shortened, you know, Arex shortened the trout predator. They showed a um, it's uh, the number on that. 
is that's a what six oh five. If I remember correctly, it's um uh, I want to say it's TP. You know, I, I six ten is the regular is one. Six oh five is the light one. Yeah, then the, the six ten is normal. Uh, I think it's six twelve. Okay, is the new one um, for the trout predator, and it, it's a little bit shorter uh as far as the shank is on that guy um you know to be honest with you i i I really like to tie on the 615 which is a longer shank especially with some of my deer hair stuff it it you know i I think it for me especially if you're putting a deer hair head up front or if you're trying to add you know something a little bit different like anything with lead eyes or anything that you're spinning around some other type of of you know obstacle it allows you to get some body back there behind the head you know if you're tying at least in my opinion it's just not much but you know if you're tying let's say something like a Buford or a sex dungeon or something like that and you're doing it on the the normal 610 by the time you get a, an adequate size head you know it's really tough to to do much of a body there so it's basically a head maybe a touch of body and then you know your, your tail shank or your tail you know trailer hook there um, I have not tried that new 612, but, you know, for a Buford style, it does, I think it may have a little bit of a wider gap on it, but, you know, that would be, that'd be really nice because you don't need as much room, you know, especially for that, that smaller Buford on time. It's really only two stacks, not even, mostly not even trimming them. Yeah. I'm on um, the website and, now. Please. You know, it, it's, it's basically, um, you know, you put three, I don't know, in a real small one, three to five millimeters of, of room that I'm leaving there to, to, to put the head down on and pin it back, okay, um, yep, you know, yep. for something bigger. I know you probably use a ton more space, but you know, I'm not putting a ton of, a ton of buoyancy up there. No, um, you doing like one spin, not, you know, ended up with a Dahlberg diver. Are you doing one spin in that amount or what are you doing there? <clears throat> I do. If it's a, if it's a single color, yeah, it's just one spin. Okay. Yep. Um, you know, it's, you kind of play with it enough to where you figure out how much hair, get the length right, and then just, you know, give yourself as little room as you need and then and then pack it to enough to where you can get a good full spin mm-hmm. and not and not too much hair. You know, I've, I've been playing this year with, with body versus belly versus, you know, even, you know, bucktail or even the back of the back of the bucktail that most people use in the gate, um, which kind of acts a little bit like body. Um, and so I've been playing with a, a bunch of different, you know, fiber types to try to find something that, that I don't have to lead too much, um, and, and still get the action I want. Yeah, no, that makes a hundred percent sense. Like what I do with like with my small stuff, when I'm getting into like my small mouth and my trout size Bufords, I don't have a tape in front of me, but I'm going to give it somewhere probably in a neighborhood, like seven, eight millimeter. And sure. I like to really go for what I'll do is I'll take them short wispy tails that are junk and put them aside and not the not really necessarily wispy but a little bit coarse but the bottom probably three inches of that fly is only going to be two three inches and i like to take that and i'll stack it top and bottom and i don't use much i mean you're talking half of a pencil size half of a pencil size push that deep and then a real small like even half of that spin that in front of it and then i'll trim all of that to shape but i really anymore i like that if i can get that bottom part of the bucktail not the back mm-hmm. and not the deer hair because deer hair or the belly hair. A lot of times with the belly hair, and one of the things that I've gotten away from is it's so thick that it's hard to, you know, it, it kind of 
it almost gets too buoyant, where a lot of the bucktail itself you can work with in smaller fashion, and that's kind of what I've, I've liked with mine on them. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, and, and some the good thing about, and, you know, this is probably the least important of it all, right, but the good thing about playing with some of the belly hair is just some of the colors it'll get. Oh, 100%. Yep. And you know you what? Know. There's If you get the, some of them that's, like, really nice and super soft, too, oh, that stuff just – it. I don't know what it is, but it swims. And, you know, you get a lot with the bleached ones. But you get, like, this yeah, real sure. nice soft body hair, and it is. Yep. So is it uh, – so are you just tying this for, you know, just for yourself type of thing, or are you finding that this trout buford is being effective in your fishing and you're actually able to use it out on the – Water as well. Oh man, I've been crushing fish with it this year. Um, you know, I uh, <clears throat> I spent a lot of time up in Montana and um, a, a good amount of time this year at Montana, a couple of weeks. And um, you know, I got a Yellowstone Grand Slam on it. Nice. Um, you know, I I couldn't even believe I got a a whitefish on it, but um, no, I fished it probably more than I should. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I everybody goes through phases, right? You want to catch a this you know you want to catch a cutthroat you want to catch a brown trout you want to catch a rainbow trout then you want to catch a big one then you want to catch it on a dry fly then you want to catch it on a streamer and then you want to catch it on this streamer and then now i'm just dumb enough to be like i want to catch it on this one only <laughs> and so i'll throw it enough to to do that but it's actually been a pretty a pretty good pattern for me this year and i'm tying it a couple different ways to try to hit different parts of the column which is kind of what i was talking about um and just enough to try to figure out some different you know, movement patterns as far as giving yourself a big, you know, water foil on the back with a, with a deceiver type tail or, or, you know, something, if, you, if you're in slower water where you're not worried about it being as rigid, because most of your, most of your action is going to come with stiffer materials, at least for, for me. But, you know, if you're getting a little bit slower water in, in, in pools and stuff, I've time with a marabou tail and, just let it sit there on the paws, you know, brown trout, unfortunately do like the paws. Um, but you know, it's been, it's been a lot of fun kind of playing with that, with that fly. Um, and I've fished it a, a good amount this year. Um, you know, caught everything from small mouth to about every kind of trout you can catch. Have you tried any of the little like Pacarini drag, um, not the drag, but the paddle tails on them? I'm sorry. You didn't, didn't hear you. The, like the little tiny Pacarini uh, paddle tails, like the little. You know, I have haven't tried gotten any? into um, the, the, the the synthetic stuff. Um, I've seen some of those on yours where you're putting those um, dragon style, that double dragon, and I always look at that and think, God, I bet that would be cool. But you know, I, I just haven't. It's it's basically a, a whiting rooster saddle, or you know, the to be honest, I put a lot of dry fly hack on them. Um, <laughs> um, but Good you know, or, or just marabou. I have I haven't gotten into. I, I guarantee you that's got twice as much action and and you know as durable as I'll get out. But I'm just curious um, as to how it would. I mean, it's worked great on smallmouth pike, musky. I mean, it's one of the best musky flies we use with them now, and I'm sure it would work on trout. But I've never tied one to try it. Still haven't. Yeah, I have to have to think about that. Yeah, it might be something worth it. Now, now, like, how has your fishing changed in the move? What What have you noticed from him, or is everything kind of you're still doing the same things from you know what you did prior to now? I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time hearing you. No, you hear me all right now. You good? Yep. 
Has it, how has fishing for you changed since the move? Is everything kind of, you know, are you doing the same things or have you found that you're now, you know, incorporating new techniques or different styles of fishing with the move? You know, with the move, um, most of my fishing, you know, in the past couple of months has, has really been um, out of town. Um, there, what I'm really interested in here is in the northern part of the state. There's, there's some areas that have some pike in it. Um, which it seems crazy in Arizona, but um, there's a couple of lakes that, that seem to have some pike. And then I got up, I've met a couple of guys down here that make a couple of trips a year to um, down in Mexico and chase roosters. So um, that's definitely going to be on the list for this uh, upcoming year, hopefully. Um, but, you know, that, that, the biggest downside to the move is all my fishing is, has really been kind of out of the state so far. Um, I haven't gotten, there's some areas up in the White Mountains that, supposedly hold some pretty good fish um but i haven't i haven't gotten up there yet so you're saying you started doing a lot nymph a lot of nymphing since you moved out west you've Look taken here. up you've taken my, up my stance on nymphing still stands <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather take a shower with my daddy zero chance that's what i was looking for my friend one of the hey, best phrases no ever chance. The... We, i went to the white <laughs> one of my one of my really good buddies, one of the guys in the white, um, you know, I feel so bad. I come down there and, you know, he'll, I'll have a couple of days with him and, you know, we'll wake up one day inevitably and it'll be, you know, not a cloud in the sky, barometers high as hell. And, uh, you know, we'll start dropping the boat in the water and it's just this quiet, awkward silence. And he looks at me and I'm like, I'm just going to watch my fly today, bud. I'm just going to watch it. <laughs> Nothing, might not nothing eat it, but we just gonna watch some pretty flies today. <laughs> oh, you know well going into what that day is gonna be, and I ain't buckling. Yeah, I said, look here, I, I I'll give you the same tip either way, Bubba. Don't matter. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. I love it. You know, it's same thing happens with us musky fishing. You hit them points in the day where you know it's just that high pressure system so high, and it's like, all right, now's a good time. Let's just go pull off, sit over, and wait for a cloud or something to come because this is just. It's yeah. gonna be what it's gonna be, but I'm, I'm sticking to it. I'm not gonna throw smallie flies. <laughs> no, and and to be honest, you know, it, it, I'm always surprised, you know, for the most part, if if you get in those situations where it's really tough, you know, there's there's always, you know, something else you can kind of play with. Like, you know, in my case, if I downsize or change profile, um, you know, I have a couple confidence flies that I'll throw when I'm not catching anything, and. You know, it, it seems that you can find something to play. Um, you know, it may not be that big big fish you're looking for, but you know, if you if you're out there and you're pushing the pace and you're covering enough water and you know, putting the fly in the right spot, something's gonna react. Well, and you know, I mean something like I don't know, is this something you do? Like if I if it's a high pressure day and I'm trout fishing and you're talking about that same scenario i'm usually gonna put on something small white swing it and keep it low and just hold it down there and just let the fly sit there is that something you'll do or are you just kind of nope i'm gonna keep ripping you know for for the high pressure stuff for us you know it's just i just try to get it deeper yeah smaller and deeper yep. just try to get it closer to the bottom you know that way they're not having to come up out of their, their comfort zone especially if it's you know bright sun or or whatever the case may be just try to get into an area they're comfortable. So whether you have to break down and, you know, throw some kind of jig style sculpin or, or, you know, you know, a Madden's peanut or whatever the case may be. But that was, uh, you mentioned just a second ago, um, 
so what are those confidence flies? I tied one today for myself. It's a circus <laughs> peanut, uh, or no, it's a pe- uh, peanut envy. And yep. uh, I, I, I something, burden. yeah, I, I really like that fly. It gets down, it'll stay down. It's, it's small. So in a little bit of a clearer day, you're not, you're not throwing some monstrosity at them. And I feel like, you know, we get a little bit of a clearer day on our trout floats and I can, you know, I could usually find a fish or two, even if it's not the most giant fish, I could still find some fish that want to participate with a fly like that. That's going to stay on the bottom and you could kind of get down there whether the conditions aren't, you know, the best for ripping a giant streamer over them like we all wanted to be. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, in, in high pressure, you know, whether it be barometric pressure or people, you know, on the water, you know, I'll downsize, um, uh, a little circus peanut. Um, I also like, I tie a little articulated sparkle minnow where, um, it's just a little bit of a marabou tail. And then basically the whole thing is synthetic after that, where I'll put some, um, you know, followed by a little flash, a little chenille, and then a little olive over white ice dub and, um, a cone head, you know, it, mm-hmm. and, and every now and then, um, if I'm, if I'm trying to be super fancy, I'll put a little lateral line on it with some, you know, some type of black flash of boo. But to be honest, you know, that little guy in about a two and a half, three inch, uh, total length is, is you know any you can get any fish to eat that fly it seems like uh, i love that fly i really like um uh you know an olive dungeon you know some type of sculpting pattern that, that, that's like a mini dungeon or so if it's you know if the right conditions are there and i it's one of those things where you know for me if you know you've got cloud cover a little bit of precipitation you know low barometric pressure i'm gonna throw a tan over yellow anderson's rag dolly until my arm falls off mm-hmm. i've caught bigger fish on that mm-hmm. one fly um that is my you know that is my absolute favorite fly oh um, man that's that's nuts because i had i bought one from from him olive over white i threw it for every fish forever never and never moved i caught a couple smaller fish on it never nothing big my dad oh my, God. my dad that puts was... this my dad puts this fly on boom big hybrid Big smallmouth, a few fish, a nice big walleye, all in one day. And I'm like, I fished that fly for the last year, didn't catch shit on it. You goddamn no. you! That was the fly <laughs> that the I caught uh, smallmouth fish in three casts. I catch herpes and a Virgin yeah. Mary off that bad boy. Listen to me, I, it don't matter. <laughs> I catch anything on it. That is that's a it is a stud fly. Yeah, well, huh. that circus peanut is my confidence fly. That's my confidence smallmouth fly. That four or five inch circus peanut. When when I'm having a tough day, smallmouth fishing. That's my, that's my confidence. I fly. tell you what, that fly. When I started pike fishing, that was the fly that I started pike fishing with. I tied it in like a one to two watt in the front and like a one one watt in the rear. Big, large dumbbell eyes, and I tell you what, that fly just absolutely crushes pike. I've caught a couple over 30 inch on a five and four or five inch, just beefed up. That's it. That be surprised what yeah, that fly it's can just do. A good fly, you know, it, it just, is. It gets down. It fishes well. It's not too bulky. It doesn't yep. seem to, you know, doesn't seem to mimic any one thing great, but it, it seems to mimic a couple of things, you know, pretty good. And that's where you get. You kind of start wondering, you know, if you're trying to get these ultra realistic patterns, you know, are you really kind of locking yourself into one? type of, of food source versus you know some of these flies that just kind of like a whole lot of nothing 
Yeah, I mean, if you're getting something that's kind of hitting the minnow, the sculpin, the leech, the you know, all kinds of different realms there. It's crayfish. If it can, you know, almost get them all, boy, you're really opening up a whole world. Of well, another one you tie really well. Man, I love, and uh, we didn't get into, and you didn't mention, I'm surprised in one of your confidence flies was the muddler minnow. Uh, that's another one I, I always liked, and it seems like you tie a beautiful muddler. Do you find yourself using those a lot? <coughs> I do, and, and so I, I, when I say, you know, small sculpin, that's kind of what I'm tying it for. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that that's one of my one of my biggest confidence flies. If we're, if if I'm in a small stream, um, or even on the even on you know the big tailwater stuff, if I just can't get anything to bite, um, I'll tie them, you know, um, weighted, unweighted. But, you know, a two and a half inch, three inch mother minnow, you know, you can, and I, and I do them a couple of different ways. You know, sometimes I'll do them with a little rabbit strip. Sometimes I'll do them all feathers. Um, sometimes a little Arctic fox in there. But, you know, I, I, I really like the versatility of that fly. You can even oh. put it on, especially if you don't weight it and um, don't put a lot of rabbit on it where it, it turns into a wet sock. But if you, if you just keep it kind of a clean, uh, light one you can even throw it as a tandem um mm-hmm. and it's funny to watch some of these fish come up and refuse the big six eight inch fly and then go back and crush that little mother minnow flipping off the back it's pretty fun now speaking of fox have you gotten into the D game at all yeah so um <clears throat> i i i do um tie you know the D and everything from from the, the 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 triple D with the deceiver tail um, to just a pure flash tail, um, I, I fish that fly a lot in the in the spring, um, and I you know or if it's a real dark day, um, the um, the thing just has some of the best movement there is. You know that that fly and you know Anderson Sid, you know they are they're mm-hmm. kind of mimicked after each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know both of those that that wedge head stuff just. You know, sometimes it's an action thing, a reaction bite. Um, if I can't get them to, to come to something that's, you know, it, and we all have our progression, right? You know, you have one fly you want to fish that day, so you put it on first, and then you kind of go through the list of, of, of what you think is going to work, and, you know, the D&D is always in play. Well, and the reason I say that is, like you mentioned, Fox, one thing I do with my D&Ds is I replace the, um, the Zonker wraps with reverse uh-huh. wild Fox. And let me tell you, it works fantastic and it has a great look to it. I love fox. And that's what I've been using. I'll get like a whole fox and then just reverse wind and cut it down to size. Still keeps the flare, retains the water, and boy, it looks nice. Something for you to try. You know, another there. thing I'll do with the D and D is I'll actually take the bunny, you know, completely off the strip. Mm. And put it and put it in a dubbing loop. That's sweet. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yeah, so um I may even have a video of it up. I can't remember if I if I do, but you know, I, one thing I'll do is, is cause you know, if you're, if you're tying it traditionally, you know, he does such a good job with, with mixing the amalgamation of kind of synthetics and, and naturals. Um, but if you're trying it traditionally with, with, you know, a, a rattle and, and whatever the case may be, it, it, it can get a little bit, um, a little bit, I, I don't know, not, up not quite like a, a wet sock, but it, it can get a little bit of a, a pain about the calf. So one thing I've done is taken all, you know, I usually take all the bunny off the strip, put it in a dubbing loop, um, just to try to, re- you know, reduce some of that water, you know, let, let it shed water a little better. Well, uh, speaking about the D and D, and I know you tie them, and uh, you've got a cool piece of artwork 
in your fly tying room there that I think has a D and D in it, doesn't it? And a... yeah, so so um, uh, you know, I so that that that's a funny piece. I I um, you know Stockton painted that, um, and I was looking for you know something even before the move. We were kind of talking about it, and um, you know he had he has all these beautiful renditions of you know just about every fish we chase, right? And he, you know, he's had some of these big ones on, on, um, wood. And so I was like, you know, I really want to, I really want a big one. And, you know, he's like, yeah, um, you know, I have, you know, X, Y, or Z size. And I was like, can we get it eating a streamer? And he's like, sure. Um, and you know, we just kind of talked and, and picked one out and we picked a D and D to put on there. Yeah. For yeah. sure. His artwork is phenomenal. Did a yeah, good job guy, on the logo. Yeah. 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 It looks great. looks yeah. great right behind your fly tying desk there, man. That'd be uh, something nice to look up to every day when you're uh, tying your D and D's. Yeah, and, and you know it was funny. We were we were talking about that, and you know going through different flies to, to to pick. But you know he's a Michigan guy, so I wanted to pick a, a Michigan fly for it. So um, it just nice. seemed to make sense. Yeah, good call. So outside of the trout game, there is there any smallmouth in the area? There, there's supposedly some smallmouth kind of up towards the. Um, I believe it's the the northwestern part of the state over in um, some of the tailwater systems. I think I think there are some definitely some smallmouth. There's a lot of largemouth down here in Tucson, um, nice. and they're all on these these kind of municipal you know golf course ponds and that kind of stuff. And and people say that it's pretty easy to to get in there and be able to fish them. <laughs> um, so I kind of look forward to you know trying my hand and see if I can figure out some. Um, Dahlbergs or some poppers or something like that just to yeah. go annoy yeah. them. Yeah, they yeah, that's be perfect. Yeah, poppers are fun for bass. Now, moving out that way, are you going to find yourself maybe getting more into the steelhead game? You know, that's um, uh, that's definitely on the list. You know, I think that my first go-to is going to be is is I'm, I'm still probably going to chase the Browns in, in the, you know, Montana, you know, Utah area, but um, you know, there's a, there's a group of guys I know that go up to the Dean river every single year, um, and, and chase Dilly. So they've been trying to get me to go the past two or three years. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm quite ready for that <laughs> 11 foot rod dance. Um, oh, I'm telling you what, don't <laughs> underestimate the power gonna, of a strip fly. Left feet. I can't imagine what I'm going to look like trying to, you know, do that, but um, especially with these guys that have been doing it every year for the past 25 years. So, um, but I'm gonna have to bite the bullet at some point. You know, it just seems like such a phenomenal fish. I don't know. I mean, the swinging is it's, and I mean, I did it for years, and I can tell it is a lot of fun. There's something tranquil about it. I've sold all that, moved on, and I'm telling you, if I was to do it again, I would go out there and do exactly what we're doing right now. I'd be stripping flies for them because them fish move if just the same as they will on a strip fly as they do on a swung fly. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I, I'd be going out there and just walking right down and ripping flies like you're doing now for them. Yeah, and and that's you know that's what's funny. The same group of guys um, fish. They one of, one of them has a place in in Helena up in Montana, and they fish the Missouri every year. And last the last year we went up there, you know, it was late September, early October, and you know they're they're basically floating down and pulling up on these little pods of. A rising fish throwing you know size 18 20 
little dry fly out there and I'm coming behind them with a, you know, seven inch <laughs> D and D or whatever the case may be and ripping it through there and pulling fish off of it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> you definitely get some weird looks, but, um, I, I definitely wouldn't be ashamed to do it up there in the Pacific Northwest either. So yeah. hold um, my beer. We'll definitely. So I got to, we're going to, we're going to backtrack a little bit. How did you rip your bicep? Yeah. Uh, getting old, man. Um, <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Just not as young as I used to be. I lift, it was lifting weights. It was just a freak accident. Um, you know, it wasn't anything I was doing that I haven't done a thousand times. Um, the bar slipped and, uh, that thing just popped up like a rubber band. Oh, and, um, man. next thing you know, it was, Dang. it was in your armpit and it was wild. And I think most of the people, you know, usually have that, have that injury, uh, tear it from the top, but I was unfortunate enough to tear it from the bottom. And, you know, it, it's just, it's under so much tension. It just pulls all the way up into your armpit. Um, and so they have to go in and basically drill a hole in your, one of the bones in your forearm, your radius, and kind of, you know, put it in and, and tie oh. it down. Mm. Um, Has that affected but, your casting at yeah. all? Or? Trying to be He-Man doing deadlifts, I guess. Has that affected your fishing and tying? So, you know, the, the funniest thing about that story is, is, you know, right, it was, I, I did it at the end of, I think around the 1st of August. And um, it was kind of when I was doing some, some stuff uh interviewing and kind of looking to make this move and i had a, a trip to the to the white river um a week later that i had to cancel and then i had a trip to uh, bozeman three weeks later and uh um when i when i caught that cutthroat slam my left arm was completely pinned to my to my uh side in a <laughs> immobile brace so i i didn't have a i couldn't haul that well um and then you know this the strip game was all in the wrist. Um, sound like happy Gilmore movie, but, uh, <laughs> it, um, it, <laughs> we got it done. We got it done. So <clears throat> with that being said, is there anything, uh, that we haven't got to that we, you want to talk about tonight? Um, no, I appreciate it. You know, you guys have me on. I, uh, I was glad to, to, to get invited again. I, I really enjoyed it last time. And, you know, I've been kind of doing a little bit of the same stuff, but but playing with a couple of different flies and and trying to you know see if I can unlock some secret code that that everybody's been trying to do for the past fifty years, but um, haven't gotten there yet. Since you haven't gotten there yet, what's the what, what are you looking at? What's coming up? Where do you want to try to do tying wise, or where are you getting to? Anything in the you know, you know forefront you want to do? What I what I really want to do is is I'm trying to. Um, you know, the biggest personal goal I have right now is to break 30 inches on a brown trout. Um, I've had two Solid. fish within an inch and a half this year um, oh, and just haven't, just haven't broke it. So yeah. maybe this year's the year. Well, um, go, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, so I'm going to, I'm probably going to put all my eggs in the, in the spring and fall basket this year and see if I can find one dumb enough to, to, to commit suicide on a fly, I guess. <laughs> How well, far are you from the green in Utah? Um, it is uh, probably a hour and a half, two hour flight. It's not. It's not bad at all. Okay. Yeah, um, I, that, that's that's high priority on the list this year. Yeah, the um, the biggest browns I've ever seen in my life were on section C and uh, on the green. I mean, yeah, giant. I've fish. always heard. Yeah, or out in the Driggs, Idaho area. Um, 
um, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to get, get a couple of different spots. I'll probably make two or three trips back to the white. I, I seem to do pretty well down there. Um, you know, it's a, it's kind of a home base for me. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna try to fish the green this year. So what, what, like, the, what's the plan? Like, how, you know, you, you want an over a thirty inch fish? What's the game plan going into that? What, you know, what goes into setting all that up? You know, it's, it's usually gonna be centered around, you know, for those, for those, for those areas up, you know, north, it's gonna be either ice off or pre spawn. Um, you know, that, that seems to be the two time windows that that springtime when when the water's starting to warm up and they're starting to get a little bit more active um, or that that pre spawn, you know, time, the the, the, the time over in, in Arkansas is also the post spawn. You know, right now they're catching a bunch of big fish over there. Um, but no, I missed kind of missed that boat this year. So um, but, but I, I did two trips kind of right before I left, one in November, one in October. I mean, sorry, one in November, one in December, uh, right before I came out. So I'll probably try to get back out um, that way, um, you know, once or twice this year. And then um, definitely going to try to get up to Utah. And then I'm going to spend a, a decent amount of time up in Bozeman this year. Um, I'll probably go up there and work a couple weeks um, with some of my buddies and then pair that up with, you know, try to get a couple of days of fishing in each week. And, uh, you know, is that just going to be jacking big flies around? Is it going to be playing the fish at the certain times of year? I mean, it's just going to be, you're just going to be jacking the meat, chucking the meat at him, the biggest piece of meat you fucking got, right? Yeah, well, hey, I don't, I don't care what you say. Big flies catch big fish. Fuck all that other noise. I'm here to tell you. I mean, it's it, it's just part of it. You know, I don't know. You just got to, like they say, with, with, the, with the musky game, you know, it, it's it's you just have to be present and, and keep, 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 keep it on. Well, and, um, and, and since so much of that does correlate to the musky game, do you find that like the bigger fish you're going to be moving at like first light, last light, or it's going to be like overcast crap weather or like maybe like midday full moon. Do you, you, you play into a lot of that? Like when it comes to the big trout, yeah, game, like we do musky? the chakras, uh, you know, I, I might go spend some time <laughs> up in Sedona this year. You know, they got a lot of, of voodoo witch doctors and stuff. So I think I'm going to go try to get aligned with my chakras <laughs> first. Um, maybe I'll get some amethyst and some emeralds and, you know, put those in the boat. It's quite the process. Um, I love it. What now? I said it's quite the process aligning the chakras. Yes, 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 yes. You know, it, it's, you know, as a veterinarian, any, any animal sacrifices are very, very, very frowned upon. So we're not going that route. So I, I'm going to stick with some chakras, maybe some tarot cards, um and uh you know try to find me a good time period where nobody else wants to be out there as, as dark and as stormy as it can be um with a nine foot lightning rod that's, that's my that's my game plan just just stick uh, with lamb keep the domestic pets off the table <laughs> yeah 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 definitely the lamb go with the lamb at least you can eat that um, everybody wants him eating their pets so do you <laughs> you know searching all right we're gonna get a little serious again here searching that big fish out do you do you find yourself have you ever gone out night fishing while you're on when you're down in arkansas are you you know is that one of the main ways that you will see large fish so you know there's some guys that 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 only do night fishing down there and you'll, you'll see the fish that they if they post i mean they catch monsters um i'm gonna do it in the daytime first that's nice. just the goal I have. Nice. That's respectable. 
Very yeah. much so. Yeah, I can yeah. understand I mean, that. Cool, man. You know, it, it's it's we, we all know they're we all know they're they're nocturnal animals. Um, uh, I mean, you shoot a hell of a Boone and Crockett that way too, if you want to. But uh, <laughs> um, lot to be uh, lot to be said about. You know what that. I mean? Yeah, it, it's just it's just one of those things. I mean, not, not knocking it. I mean, yep. you know, I know that's a that's a way a lot of people do it, and a lot of people you know have a lot of a lot of faith in that way, and and and, and probably survive that way, but. Yeah, I've seen some, you know, I've seen some hellacious white-tailed deer in Missouri at about 1130 at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we see them here, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm going to leave them alone. Are you a bow hunter, too? Leave them alone. Are, are you a bow hunter as well? Yeah. Um, so, I uh, uh, grew up bow hunting a good bit. Um, you know, when I moved to um, Missouri, I, I spent a little time in the deer woods, but I've freaking got hooked up with some guys doing a lot more duck hunting so that's what i spent the last six seven years doing is just selling my soul to that short window you have there in the november december and uh duck hunting so much more fun too hanging out with your buddies bullshitting you actually get to shoot something every day for sure for sure and it's one of those (laughs) things where you know, I'm. I think it was Alex Lapkus that said that streamer fishing was made for 30 year old men who have ADHD, and I'm literally the poster child. I can't sit still long enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the iPhone was the worst thing in the world ever invented for my deer hunting. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting there. You know, I mean, Snake was bad enough on that little Nokia, an iPhone. I ain't gonna see shit. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I mean, once once Tetris had sound, I was done. Um, but um, you know, I I. I, I, I've done a lot of bird hunting in the past couple, of years, and I'd really like to watch the dogs. To be honest, that's I know that probably sounds cornball, but um, not I love to watch the dogs do it. Well, I mean, given you're now in some of the mecca of bird hunting, are you going to go do some of that as well with like pheasants? And... Yeah, you know, nice. there's a lot of quail down here where I grew up in Georgia. There, you know, you always used to hear, oh, you know, whatever. I walked uphill both ways, kind of shit. But people say they used to hunt quail a ton back home. And they still do down in South Georgia. They have the plantations and stuff. But, um, you know, um, I got, um, I've even had a couple of clients so far that, that run dogs. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I used to make one or one trip a year um, to hunt pheasants, um, either in um, northern Kansas or uh, South Dakota. So hopefully um, I can get in some quail down here. Um, nice. But, yeah, no, I... I love to watch the dogs do it. Yeah, I grew yeah. up. Uh, I grew up grouse hunting here. We used to have a really, really good ruffed grouse population in our area, and my dad always had setters, and I have labs, so we used to grouse hunt pretty heavy. But uh, it turns out West Nile has <coughs> killed most of our grouse, <laughs> so we just we just don't really have. I mean, you could you still see them every now and then, but you know, it used to be where we'd have a morning and we'd flush 40 birds 50 birds yeah and now yeah, if I'm, we get four or five flushes a day it's dynamite i've only ever For seen sure, one but, and it was you uh, know watching watching the dogs run and, and and getting a bird down to them is about as about as much fun as you can have with your pants on absolutely um it's awesome yeah, yeah I've, no, I've only I, ever I, seen I, one of them that's definitely yeah. one of my one of my favorite things to do <laughs> nice yeah, well, I've never gone quail hunting. I've I've gone to South Dakota for pheasants. I've done you know grouse here, and well, Pennsylvania does a really good pheasant stalking program, so we get a lot of stalked birds out. But uh, I'd love to go for quail sometime. That'd be we we don't have them here, 
We'd have we'd have yeah. to go south. I mean, it seems like it's it's massive across. I know, like Ryan Cedars from Yeti. You hear him talk about it, and he like Daniel devotes half his life to it. I mean, it's like quail is like a it gets in your blood. It seems like yeah, yeah. It, it, it it turns into a cult. Yeah, um, it yeah. sounds I mean, that way. It really I does. Mean, you talk about aligning the chakras. Them boys right there are in it. Um, they uh, you know, and quail is a lot of fun. They're they're quick little rascals too. They're deceptive. I mean, you know, like a pheasant. As soon as a pheasant gets up and gets in the wind. That's about as fast as it's going to be, you know, or teal, you know, for ducks or something, just something small and quick. But those little quail are shifty little rascals. They are <laughs> they are, we, we, have a, we have a pretty good dove season here, too. Uh, dove opens on September 1st here. We can start hunting them at noon. And we, we, used, we, we used to hunt dove pretty ser- seriously yeah. here. We got a 13-a-day limit, and they're quick little bastards. They are. They are. And I mean, <laughs> any, anything you can do sitting on a cooler or behind a hay bale – and uh, talking trash to everybody when they miss is is right up my alley. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got. I you know my my second doctorate is definitely in shit talking. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I got a yeah. I got a I got a PhD in that. Um, uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter the sport. I mean, it could be, you know, who's trying to pee the farthest. I uh, so I, I thoroughly enjoy that. So, were you a rower? Have you ever you learned to row as well? Yeah. Yep. Oh man, then you have got to just be hell in a rover seat on the guy in the front, then, huh? It is just absolute heckle chair, then. Uh, I'm hell in the rower throwing the throwing the fly. Oh, uh, that's a, yeah, that's what I mean. Like when, when we're in a rower seat, whoever's up front, you know your oh, job is to, to slow the boat down, right? I mean, you know, look here, I got I, look here, I got plenty for you. <laughs> that's just it. When one of us is rowing, whoever's in the front seat, oh man, they're getting it. They are getting it every cast the whole way in for the whole time they're in that front seat. If you don't want heckle, yeah. sit in the back because you're going to be forgotten about back there until you say fish. Guy in the front, he's getting ragged. That's it. That's it. And that was the funniest thing when I when I did you know have that injury this year. I went up and fished with some of my buddies. You know, we always play the game. You know, whoever catches the last fish gets in the center seat, right? Well, I, I couldn't row. I just had one arm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so. You know, even though it looked like I was jacking off a gerbil with that one wrist there pulling the fly, but you know I was still catching fish. And you talk about talking trash, catching fish with one arm. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Man, it sounds like you got to find your way out here, and we need to fish. Look, I I told you, I I told I, I sent Mark a message the other day. I said I, I want to come up there. Um, I, I would You're love always to come up there. Absolutely. You Can tell I, us when you're flying in, and we'll we'll be there to pick you up. Yeah, and we'll get a flotilla. Have we'll, we? Uh, we'll get a couple rafts, and it'll it'll be a great time. It sounds like. Have you caught a muskie on the fly? No, I I ain't, I mean oh, there was a couple yeah. places in in Missouri. Evidently, there was some muskie in there, but there was, you know, there's also a Sasquatch. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. But the the way you, know, you I, fish no, will be. It, I have not. You um, you'll fit right into the uh-huh. way you do it. Well, if you come up here, we'll make sure we have a nice floatzilla. We'll we'll make sure we you know treat you to at least seeing a muskie. Oh yeah. We'll I mean, you're you. right. If you're throwing mini bufers for trout, you're you're you'll be able to throw a big enough fly perfectly just for the everything we need to do. So that sounds like a good time. Get you on your first muskie on the fly. Yeah, and you can't yeah. be worse than Jim, and he's caught muskie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long yeah, as your video is tough, it's a and tough look, act I, to follow. You know, I, I saw that last figure eight video y'all posted, and I can't believe y'all netted that fish after three seconds and didn't bite it, you assholes. Um, I was over it, man. Jesus Christ, that shit made me laugh. All those knuckle-dragging mouth breathers making comments. But, 
I don't oh, care. I don't care if we if we stab it in the side. I I, I want to catch one. Okay? I'll bring a spear. That's right. I, I, I'll bring some goggles and get down there with it. Okay? Spear gaff and a boga. We're good. We'll go. We'll go full flounder on that rascal. As yeah. long as we get it on video and post it, I'm, we're all in. <laughs> Look <at> here. <laughs> I, I I I will be your huckleberry. I promise. <laughs> yeah, we got to make that happen. Hey, I want I want to come, boys. I, I would love to. Like I said, I, I, uh, I, um, I'll, I'll throw that damn thing to my arm falls off. So, well, no, as long as it, go ahead. speaking of throwing to your arm falls off, what is your what's your rod of choice? What do you like to throw? So, um, <clears throat> hands down, for me, I throw a Scott Sector seven weight and eight weight. Um, that's 99% of the time what's in my hand. I did buy the new Sage R8 in a six weight to throw hoppers with. Nice. Um, uh, but I don't really ever throw hoppers. Um, I just got caught on the Instagram marketing, I guess. I was uh, sitting here going method. I was like, I bet he's throwing a method. So I've thrown the method a good amount. And, you know, that broomstick is phenomenal. Um, and I actually had an I had two igniters mm-hmm. um, as well. Um, and, I, and I like both of those, um, but there's something just in that sweet spot for me with that, with that Scott sector, you know, you you always turn a couple of heads with a saltwater rod too, um, on some of these trout floats, but you know, I'm also wearing the Howler brothers freaking rooster jacket is, you know, neon, every color, you know, a funny ass colored hat or something, all these old, old dudes in their fields and looking at me, you know, with their Peterson pipe and some Dunhill tobacco in there i'm just flipping the bird and telling them to come get it so i tell you whatever what, if you get a bug up your ass to try something different a fun little stick for you the chippewa river two piece and an eight weight that would make for a fantastic trout streamer rod you said trip, chippewa river what they, they have a two piece eight weight two piece eight weight and i'm throwing it with right. like a three now if i'm like pike fishing right now i'm throwing a 330 on it and then i'll go up to like a 380 but boy, for like a pike fly rod and like a, a big brown trout rod, that'd be a fun little big brown trout rod stick. I would. It really would. The more yeah. I'm thinking about it, like I've been using it a lot for kind of like the small musky pike, bigger smallmouth stuff. I'm like, man, I kind of want to grab that when we go on one of our trout floats and use that. That would be a lot of fun. That'd be a perfect stick for throwing four and five inch streamers with. Mm-hmm. Rip that D&D yeah. bag real good. Mm-hmm. Even, even the yeah. seven would work too because they're heavy rods. They don't do a two though; it's a four. Oh, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bet you know the the two piece would. I mean, you know, it's it's obviously going to be you know a, a little bit better arc if you don't have you know four ferrules. But um, yeah, I I wouldn't be scared of it. Yeah, I mean, I tell you, they're a good price point. That'd be a neat little fun stick to try for a brown trout. Yeah, I think they're just what three, four hundred bucks. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, I just bought a new twelve uh, weight Scott Sector, uh, which I absolutely love. That you got that for three or four hundred bucks. No, I did not. <laughs> oh, okay. You're on a different game than I am. It was about three or four times that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. <laughs> no, I went to, I went down to Mexico for sailfish and roosters, and uh, I got that sector because I've always wanted one. You know, I casted one when I was at Schultz a couple summers ago, the eight weight, and I was like, "Fuck, that's a great rod. I need one," and I could never justify it until. 
uh, I had that, that chance to go to Mexico, and I'm like, all right, if I'm going to buy a sector, it's going to be that 12 weight, and I love it. I love those yeah, recoil no. guides. Uh, it casts like a rocket. I'm a fan. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, I, I know the seven weight's not one that's very popular, at least for the people I know. Nobody throws a seven weight. But I'm not going to lie. I mean, unless it's unless it's something that's super, super air-resistant. Um, you know, I'm even throwing those trout bupers on that seven weight. Um, and it's, 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 I mean, that, that is a fun stick to throw. It's light. It's got a, it's got a ton of power. Um, you know, I, I throw that <clears throat> sonar Titan, um, on it. Um, what do you throw in a triple density? Yeah. 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 Nice. nice. I usually throw the sink eight, you yeah. know, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a heck of a stick for sure. They are hands down. They've been one of the best rods out there. Yeah, I I like it a lot. I really want to get a seven or an eight. Oh, that'd be so fun. Well, we're having a third kid in June, and if I was like, hey, I just spent a thousand bucks on a fly rod, <laughs> I'd get stabbed in the kidney. Hey, for each yeah, fishing yeah, trip well, that you've got to do we something, we have those choices to make. You but at least a... you got two kidneys. You only need you only need one of them. <laughs> yeah, you only need one. Oh, yeah. You you don't yeah. know how I drink. <laughs> I need yeah. to, I need well, uh, I'd, I'd also tell you you got your physiology backed up that's your liver too Bubba oh no no I know kidney. lose I, that kidney lose that kidney well my liver yeah. is probably you, only your, a, your liver takes your liver takes the alcohol don't worry about that kidney go ahead and get the go ahead and get the second you're gonna all, be alright all I need is somebody to tell me that my liver is gonna be okay Hey, and, and I'm good with life. If, if you need a catheter bag on the boat, I won't judge you. I'll make fun of you, but you'll be all right. Just right give on. up that kidney and get another Scott. Right on. <laughs> I think kidneys go for like 20, 30 grand now. I mean, oh, and you know oh, what? Oh, After, oh dude, get inflation. A few of them. Oh. Inflation. Yeah, yeah for the right, right price. And you for can the right even, price, I'll harvest it for you. Yeah, yeah. You, you can even you get what? a hatch reel with it, too. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so here's what I do is uh, I'm going to get my uh, clacka. Uh, a couple Scots, a couple hatches, and I only need one kidney. This sounds great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like yeah, where yeah. this we'll, is going. We'll, oh, we'll right. Really? <laughs> the musky trip, and, uh, and I won't even charge you for it. I got to tell you what, if you show up uh, and there's a new clacka there, you know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Chris sold his uh, kidney on the black market. Um, you know, with having three kids, you might want to look at her stabbing something else yeah, that might be I in that simple oh, organ, no. <laughs> uh, just so it doesn't work anymore. Because uh, we can't a afford for any more kids now. I'm paying for a professional to stab that. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he get well, if he comes up, you either buy a couple more TVs or or something. Yeah, do something yeah. else. Cr Crystal, <laughs> Crystal changed you a day on the river for a vasectomy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I've, I've had a rubber band around my nuts for the last six months, and they haven't fallen off yet. So yeah. I guess I have to hire a doctor. Yeah, it only works for good. cats. Like blood good. <laughs> Jay had to take his headphones off for that one. That one got him Ooh. good. Ooh. All right. <clears throat> so well, on that we, note, we are getting we go off the rails. Yeah, on that note, we're getting pretty left here. Um, dude, it's been a wonderful, wonderful talk with you tonight. I'm, I, I've had a great time catching up. I'm, I know our rest of the host did as well. Always. Um, where can people go and find you to uh, see your videos and see your flies? Yeah, so um, I, I just post them 
on Instagram. It's A for the Ozarks. I usually post, you know, a fly week. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of my go-to there. Um, I, when I have more time, I do make some reels and things like that, but, um, yeah, it's just Instagram, A for the Ozarks. Well, Hey, it's been great time talking to you, Dave, and, uh, we'll be in touch and, uh, talk to you again soon. Yeah. Well, let me know when y'all want to, I want to have a hillbilly come up there and hopefully by then I'll have some stickers made up. I was going to get some that says throw an ape shit. I would put it on yeah. everything. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I even asked the guy just a just a big Sasquatch in a, in a, <laughs> in a, in a fly and just says throw an ape shit. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I had it. a couple of buddies want something. So maybe, maybe I, if, if we get a musket trip set up, we can, we can get you some of those. That sounds great. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, guys. I have very sensitive nipples. <laughs> we have to hear about this. No, we're totally on the air. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's not I guess we're going to totally hear right about this. Right off the bat. All right, there we, we go. go. So, uh, a little backstory. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll just do my shot now. My, my headphone cord uh, brushed up against my, my giant moobs. And uh, I was complaining about it, and then we figured out a solution. So I'm very pleased Ooh. about it. Jay just took a shot of redemption. That's good. Yeah, stuff. It's like a grill in the corner over there. What's that? It's like having a grill in the corner <laughs> over there. You had a black shirt on. It went. A little. I don't even want to say baby gorilla. <laughs> yes. Bigger than a baby. If you, had, if you had more hair, you would be a Sasquatch. Would you have a lot of hair in your face? But yeah, but yeah. I mean, I have zero hair. On Missing my legs. it other places. Zero. On my legs. Well, you have, like, you you have your almost legs like normal head. sized legs, though. Like your n- legs are like normal. So uh, I guess they're pretty big. Yeah. yeah. Oh, pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my calves are bigger than your thighs. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but look, if you had to carry three hundred pounds around all day long, you'd be pretty beefy too. Yes. Yes, I would. That was my argument against leg day when I was, you know, my mid twenties and. The important <laughs> thing. I, I did this on the way here. Yeah, <laughs> I walked here. That's leg day for me. So I'm gonna do. So, so my reps were back and buys, chest and tries. I did a full day for shoulders, uh, and back then I didn't do leg day. And you ate for belly. Uh, I did eat for belly, okay. uh, and I still eat like I used to work out. For, like I work out four days a week. So here we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna press back past this real quick. Jim caught two perch today, and we're going to get some bourbon talk and uh, drinking and being fat. Yeah. Let's also talk about how awesome it was to talk to our friend. Oh, that was yeah. sweet, dude. Yeah. That was that was a good one. He's one of them ones where you get into a conversation with, and you just already flow. It's like you've been, you know, you, you don't talk to him for how long, and it's like you talked <laughs> to him yesterday. You just start right back off, and all right, let's roll. Yeah. Every I, once in a while, we have a few people like that we get on the show where it's like you've never missed a beat. And, you know, we don't talk to them as much as we all like to. And we'd like to think we get to talk to a lot of our guests a lot more. But a lot of times we get them on, we talk to them, they're on their way, and we're on ours. And no, a year, sure. a year and a half goes by, and you start right back up like it's nothing. And a year and a half goes by really fast, you know, in everybody's lives. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, yeah, but, it, you know, you, you catch up a year later, and there's a lot to talk about. And that, that's what made, I think, for just for such a great conversation there. Dude, it's know? like I, I'd sit there, and i get messages from people with flies, and I write everything down, and everybody goes into order. And then it's like, all right, well, it's time to get to this one. You get to it. It's like, I just talked to him. It's almost three, four weeks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think when we get him over here to fish, we should bring him in studio. And, oh, you know, absolutely. If it's not a Sunday <laughs> night, we, you know, we'll just, we'll just record whenever and – 
I think yeah. I, I think it'd be a blast. To have That'll in happen. The studio. That'll definitely happen. I tell you what, though, that's going to get busy quick because I've it's early in the year and I've already got days booked for late October or late September, early October. Awesome. So it's like right up until the beast. I'm kind of watching them dates, going, I don't want to pass this day because this is when I want to leave. And right. So I'm, I'm watching that day that nobody books it because I want to. I I really want to shoot to the beast on probably Tuesday, if not early. Tuesday. When he comes in, I'm going to bring my bobbers and my daddy. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Make sure Rick is here. I've got. Oh, a he ro- will be. I've got oh, a road. Rick, Rick will definitely be here. I've got a road shower. <laughs> God, this is perfect. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this beast is going to be awesome. Mm. But again, it falls over Apple Fest again this year. Uh, so I probably Looks won't like be able they to. They don't have a director. Uh, well, I I don't direct it. Uh, I was asked, and I turned it down. I said, look, I don't want to be in charge of this. Uh, I just want to volunteer Anymore. and be on the committee. I think this year, though, I have to resign. Just you know, if I'm not going to be there two years in a row, and then I know future years, I'm gonna, I'm always gonna miss it for the beast. Period. Uh, the beast is literally my favorite fishing weekend of the year. Um, I'm not gonna miss it, uh, especially. No, like, you know, we talked to so it's many. It's one of mine too. We talked to so many people about that, and you get so many different like mixed. And I don't want to say like opinions, emotions, and what have you. And it's it's not what people think it is. If you haven't been there, it's not what you think it is. If you're listening to this going, oh, I really want to go to a tournament, you know what? There is tournaments, and there is places like that where you're going to go out and you're going to kind of have that atmosphere. We're not going there. If I catch a fish, I haven't caught a fish there in five years. The first year I caught a fish, I've, I've blown a lot of chances. I've got a fish, I could care less. But again, your team, your team took second place two years ago. But so regardless, still, regardless, yeah, if that team, we didn't, if Rick, I'm, I'm, I'm happier and I'll get out to Rick had that because that, that whole experience, that moment was I still have the video. I watched it. it. It was unbelievable. It was awesome, and that was a that was it. That moment there was what it was about. It mm-hmm. wasn't about you know the fish made the moment. Yes, but if that fish didn't happen, but when it, it, it still would have been the best oh, beast sure. ahead until this year, and yeah. then this year was the best beast until next year, and then that one's gonna you know. And regardless, the fish are caught. It's one of them times where you're there for the camaraderie. You go out and you fish a lot. That's why I want to go there Tuesday. Yeah, our three I'll fish sure Tuesday do. night. I'll yeah. fish Wednesday. I'll fish the whole time. If I catch fish, great. If I don't, that week, I'm there to have the best time of my life, and that is it. Yeah, I'm this last year was the best beast. And our three boats, because of these four people, we represent three boats and three teams. We landed, carry the one, uh, zero muskie in our, in our boats, and it, it was our best beat beast to date. Like, it's... It's just so much fun. It's not the about the time at the camp is oh, just it's the oh, best. outrageous. And the time on the water. And this know? year coming up, we could end up going first, second, third, and then next year we'll not catch a fish, and it'll be better than the year we finished first, Absol- second, third. But that'll be the best year because every year just the it's you, you go in there not expecting the fish. Yeah, and if Rick's- the fish comes, it's great. But you go in there looking to get everybody together, have a great time, and eat and have. Well, once once food. we had once we had all the people there at the camp this, this time around and I got to talk to the neighbors and I got to talk to everybody about, you know, how many people we really had there and how crammed it was and how, you know, and everybody that I talked to that was neighbors there was absolutely okay with everything. Loved it. Thought that's like he's like especially one of our neighbors right down across, you know, he's a big fisherman too. He's a 
this is what this is for. If you need anywhere to park boats or you're anybody has it, you park them right down here. Is that the dude we bumped yeah, into? Yeah, at the yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, it's that kind of atmosphere up there that like I think if other people still want to come down from other places since they're on different weekends, our close friends, I think the camp down from us is going to actually open up their camp for us. So, and if the yeah. weather's like it has been, and, yeah, you can oh literally pitch a tent. You yeah. really could. I mean, pitch tent, a tent camping would not be out of out of the ordinary. No. You know, if I think the lowest that got this year was what like 45, 50 degrees at night. Yeah, Ch- Chad would have been sleeping in his the truck bed. And if you think about it too, the beast is just a larger scale of what we do on a daily basis. Exactly. I mean, look at guide trips. Look at our you know floats we do. Anything of that nature. I mean, it's food. It's fun it's sure you're looking at the whole experience of it you know you're not and that's we now we just get to take it and make it in four or five days yeah oh yeah stretch her out yeah and, if, and, and really cook it and really and have a home base yeah. because now oh, everybody's oh, putting oh, all yeah. i want to make this i want to make this i want to make this so everybody's bringing what they really love everybody's to make so you're getting yeah. the best everybody's coming back tenfold from last year and that's that's hard to top well yeah i know thursday night i'm doing a, a seafood boil again that oh was, yeah that was awesome. And I know every year everybody's looking forward to walleye now. I'm bringing walleye because that's just how it's, you know. And then yeah. Jim, he's been bringing deer meat last year. You know, and this year, he's uh, probably yeah. sure he's going to do the same. Yeah. And if Sagna Benny shows, he's going to be bringing wings. And if he doesn't bring wings. I hope they he do. Better bring wings. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That was some. I will let those three guys, that, they, they were that wonderful to have there. Who was that? That wasn't, I'm sorry, I wasn't Bob. Who was the one that brought the uh, slider, poppers? Oh, dang, it's on the tip of my Matt. tongue. Matt. Yes, Matt. Matt. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, honestly, if you don't guy. bring if you don't bring wings, at least bring celery and carrots and that goddamn blue cheese. Oh, that blue cheese, that homemade <laughs> blue. Oh, oh. So good. oh my yeah, wife was there. My wife was there and she asked for uh we went to nine eleven, she asked for ranch. Yeah, the lady yeah, looked yeah, at you know, yeah, pretty, no. the lady looked at it like she had three assholes. Hey, did you get fries <laughs> when you were there? Oh yeah, oh, we my got God, all that, of it. Honestly, them are like my favorite fries I've ever had. We were up there. That was a long time ago. We were up there for like some pictures before we got married. Even oh god, I was there like in what seventeen. It's been a while. Yeah, but oh man, if you're gonna go up there, go. But you know what? Also, too, I guess we're kind of hitting on that in friends of the show, Muskies Inc., Nittany Valley. Uh, Jim and I were talking because I was kind of thinking this year I wouldn't mind doing a couple more of them tournaments just to support Muskies Inc. Yeah, there's gonna be a couple more coming. We have the one mid June, which is the same parameters at the Beast. It's but, a lot different because the water's different. And but it's the same lake, same river. It's a gear tournament, though. It is a gear tournament. But and it starts, a... I think, at like 9, and it runs all day, all night. Yes. Into the next day until 4, and then it's over. And maybe it was earlier than that. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. But uh, but it's also, they've got their own fly fishing category. Yeah. So it's a gear tournament, but they've got a category for biggest on the fly. And, and then, then there'll be two other tournaments. Glenn does Hale it count and... for twice as much points? It should, but it doesn't. Okay. But it's a separate category. So, like, if you bang a 51 on the fly, uh, you're going to... Jay's looking at me. You might as well have pegged it. Phrasing's a thing. Uh, You're going to win the whole tournament, and you'll also probably... I mean, I'm assuming 51 would win the tournament for Big Fish, but you're also going to win the fly category as well. Huh. So you get your subcategory and Big Fish, essentially. Yeah, and Mark, Rick, and I... Fished that last year. We fished uh, Tyne Did we? 
Well, <laughs> at we, one point in time, we, we were heaving. At one, at one point in time, we were trying to throw a full six-weight line across the creek to see if we can fish a popper across a back eddy at like 100 feet. Well, in our defense, we were hammered. We were hammered. <laughs> hammered. We're like standing belly deep. This was not cranked. at the feast? No, th- no, no, this, this was in the tournament. This was at that summer tournament. Oh, yeah, I yeah. remember you guys doing that. But yeah, we, we were camping right where there Rick, was smallmouth. Yeah, sure, sure. Rick brought his camper, and we. Uh, this was the fr- this was the day after we fi- this is the day yeah. we fished, because we came off the water early because I mean it was not 90 like, not like you guys to drink a bunch of bourbon. No, we didn't do that at all. No, that's not like you. No, we came off the water early because I mean it was ninety some degrees outside. The water was. Almost 75. You look as ginger as my wife. Ginger? I wouldn't say ginger, but you look like you burn very bad. Oh, my God. Immediately. Yes. I have three phases. I have uh, German white. I go to Scottish red. I molt. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And then I go right back to German white. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I. That's it. I tan. My wife, you know, she's obviously, she's redheaded. She can't, she's... uh, Day walker. She doesn't. She doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't go out there in the day if she can't. Or she wears one of those big, big ass hats that, you know, and all these coveralls and all this stuff. Cause yeah. You can't let that burn. Or you'd be dying for days. Burning layers. Well, me, uh, I just tan. I don't know. Mark, what do you do? I'm tan. Yeah. Tanner? I you, you look, oh, you look dude, whiter than the shit. Dude, I, I got different shades of red. <laughs> different so, shades of yeah. red. I wear I wear SPF seventy five. I have I mean, and I'm a couple years ago I had skin cancer cut off my face, so I'm like vigilant about it now. I'm sure. Yeah, like I, I went in for like a was a, it melanoma? No, I had a I had a cyst on my face, and they're like, oh no, that's just like an oily cyst, and I was like, that sounds delightful, <laughs> and they're like, but there's a spot above it we want to look at, and I went okay. So they cut it off and they sent it away. And like two weeks later, uh, they called me and they're like, hey, uh, the one spot on your back that we cut off is fine. But the one on your face was cancer. And that's how they said it. And I went, I need you to slow down and say that again. They're like, yeah, it's, uh, it was skin cancer. It's a basal cell carcinoma. So you need to come back, uh, you know, in a couple weeks and we'll cut it all and we'll cut the rest of it off. And I was like. So it's not serious because you said... Can't we do this tomorrow? A couple yeah. weeks. I want it gone now. <laughs> so I, uh, so they brought me in like three or four days and they cut probably like a two-inch by two-inch almost football-sized piece of my face off because they, they want to get it shit. all, like around the margins. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we'll do it in your so smile. So essentially line. they like took an eyeball off you. Yeah. They, yeah dude, that's a big-ass piece of fucking meat. They took a ton of skin off. And they're like, but we're gonna we're, we'll stitch you up in your in your smile line, so you know you have scars on your face. And I was like, look, lady, I'm not a pretty man. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you make it under the beard? Yeah. <laughs> do what you gotta do. I'm not upset. Yeah. Uh, just make sure you fucking get it all. So yeah. They, so I went. So that took three weeks, and they're like, all right, the outer margins were cancer free, so you just have to come back every year. We're gonna we're gonna search your whole body, and you're good. So every year I have to go back and expose this gorgeous, three hundred pound, grimacy body 
to these nurses. You see Grimace. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> who are generally pretty hot. And I'm oh, like, sure, sure, sure. I'm like, this is all for you, ladies. <laughs> they're in there. They're in there pulling who straws beforehand. Right. Oh, who gets this? So they all, so now they go over my skin, you know, with a microscope and that little flashlight cool, every year. But uh, consider this a PSA. You wear some fucking sunscreen. Cause or, or go on, get yourself a nice Sims hoodie yeah. and a buff. Dude, it and is, cover I, yourself I, up yeah. with clothing I, if you don't like to rub lotion on yourself like me because I hate that shit. But I do try to cover myself as much as I can too. I, you know, I should probably do a little more for my hands. Uh, yeah. Especially, Dude, I, I preached to my dad for years about that. And you know, when he was the old school type, he go out there and he put oil on him, and he get like black, and then he'd be like, "Oh, I'm good, I'm tan now." And then last few years, he's been in constantly getting pieces cut off and one after another. And now it's like, "Hey, go get some of them sun shirts." Yeah, it's it's I, no joke. Yeah, yeah, you need that. You know that like get yourself some sun shirts. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wearing. You know, you see like. I mean, in the summertime, it's hot. I mean, I'll have gloves and everything on. Screw that. It sucks. Yeah, I do enough stuff bad enough for my body. The last thing I need is a, nu- what I'm exposed to all day doing it, too. Nutri- I, you know who was always... Vit- I'm sorry. Nu- uh, Raz. Mm-hmm. Ever since I've met Raz, mm-hmm. even years and but years and years and years ago, I'm like, nah, man. I just, I just, you know, I, I, I tan. I won't burn in the sun, you know, and doing my construction work. I tan up quick in the summer, you know, I'm good to go, but I probably should take more, a little more care, but I have wore a lot more sun shirts, and he was always very vigilant about it, and somebody was, I, man, I'm like, man, you know, maybe I should be a little more like him, maybe I should do the, take care of myself a little better, and I ha- I think I have in the past few years pretty well, you know, I if I feel like I'm going to get, if I'm getting beat down on, even at work, I wear one. Yeah, I don't even get the tan now, because like when I worked at the dealership before, I have cut off, so I get the farmer tan. Now it's like I'm always sunshirt. Yeah, I mean, at decades as a fat person, I always get hot in the summer. So I was like, I just wear a wife beater or a cut-off sleeve T-shirt or something, and a ball cap. But now I'm I'm sunshirt. I'm long pants. I'm wearing a buff up to my nose, and even even in addition to that, Neutrogena makes uh, an SPF 75 that looks like a roll of deodorant that you can put on your face. On your so, nose, man. My big ass nose needs it. Yep. So I put it on my nose. I put it on my cheeks. I put it on my hands, the backs of my hands and my fingers, and it's it's pretty good stuff. It's not oily and greasy, and you don't have to touch it, right? So it's not the spray that goes everywhere that destroys all your you know lines and everything. Yeah, and try and when you're trying to hold a fly rod and or anything like golf club yeah. or anything, greasy hands suck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, quick aside, PSA. Yeah. Go to the dermatologist. Regardless, if you fish, go to the dermatologist this year. Just try it. Go say, hey, I spent a lot of time on the water. Check my face out. Uh, Make sure I'm cool because too many people die every year because they won't and they don't. And I had no idea I had it. None. I went for something completely unrelated and they caught it. Yeah. They have. Yeah. Uh, Cancer. Strikes hard, you know, everywhere. My mom, we've talked about it on this podcast pretty heavily, and this podcast even sponsored, you know, some of the stuff that happened to my mom's cancer benefit, my wife, uh, everybody, my wife as well. And, you know, it does, it hits hard, and you know, at least you got cut off your face. That's great, man. You yeah, You have absolutely. to go through any of the It didn't spread. So. Didn't didn't go anywhere, yeah. but I'm now. But, but at least go get checked, you know what I mean? We, we all spend a lot of time out outside. 
Um, do we want to do some bourbon talk? A little yeah. bit of what we also do while we're at the Beast, I guess. Bourbon at the Beast? <laughs> Hey, so the well, first, the first, the first time I met Chris, <laughs> Chris had. All, I can't tell the story because I don't remember it. Yeah, Chris <laughs> had all the bourbon and told every story of his whole life. So it wasn't just minus, the bourbon. Minus, minus running around the camp in his underwear, which I did not do. He didn't do. But I'm saying minus that, you basically. You ran the show that night. You were. It was. It was the Chris show. It I, was. An, it was a wonderful experience. I'm told that's exactly what happened. It was. It was a wonderful <laughs> experience, though. And the next day was bad. It was really bad. But <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> but we went to the captain's meeting that night, and we went up to the brewery, and we had a couple beers. And on the way home, I'm like, "Hey, Mark, what's that thing in your dash?" And he's like, "Oh, that's a you know one of those. Uh, it's a pen." And I was like, well, I ought to hit that three or four times like a fucking champion. And that was the mistake. That's what ruined. uh, I guess it didn't ruin anything. (laughs) No, it was awesome. Oh, no, that's not true. It ruined my memory (laughs) because because the next two days I'd start to tell a story and everybody's face would change. And I'd be like, I told you guys this Thursday night, didn't I? And yeah, yeah, you did. It's like, all right. Just gonna stand over here and not talk because you know everything <laughs> about me. <laughs> you know, I I find that with a couple friends though, I will start talking about an experience on the water, and they r- say they've already heard it through the podcast, and, mm-hmm. I, and I, I I hate that sometimes because I'm yeah. like, well, I can't tell my friend a goddamn story because now I already heard it. Well, Friday night at tying night, I uh, and I don't know what it is about him, but Chad. Like Chad and I started talking, and he's like, "Well, tell me a little about this." But and, and I ended up spilling, spilling some stories that I don't talk about with Chad on Friday night, and uh, he's just got that that demeanor where you're like, "I can talk to you about this," and it it didn't suck. Like I wasn't upset that I spilled. Why those you stories. think he's my best friend? <laughs> but, like I think, other than the 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 therapist that I had for those stories. Chad's one of the few people I've ever told those things to, and he's he's good. <laughs> he, <laughs> he might not know it, but he's good. He, wonderful, wonderful guy. I can't wait to talk <laughs> to him next week and have him on the podcast. He, there's a certain uh, aura and charisma it has. I, uh, I love his... Uh, I miss the belly laughs. The belly laughs are great from our buddy Chad. Yeah. He, has, he, he does, man. He just... It's something about that... You wouldn't call him fat, but I will. No, He's too, but, uh, no just kidding. My, my, one of my, like I said, just somebody I could always talk to. The, the ride there, just a tying night, because Chad picked me up at the house. Oh, nice. And, you know, I'm walking around naked in my house, you know, and he's like, hey, how's it going, Jay? I've been talking to your wife for 10 minutes now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm late, you know, doing my thing, running around and getting ready. And all I brought was a bunch of booze and good fun stuff instead of any tying material, but that's what we're there for, right? I didn't bring for a, the good fun stuff. I didn't bring a vice. But oh, just to even the just the talk on the ride there. It's just good times. We see each other a lot more than I see Chad every Tuesday. I, I shoot league archery league with Chad, so Chad and I see a lot of each other. And it's always the hooting and hollering there. It's always the ball busting. It's always the fun. It's always good times. You know, I get there and you know, I might sometimes I'm a little like weird to talk to everybody else, 
right when I get there, we'll say, you know, because, you know, I've, I've had my my fair share when I've been at my house and then I get there and I'm just, I, all I want to do is like, hey, Chad, hey, how's it going, man? Give me, give me fucking 10 minutes to just talk to you and I'll be good to go. <laughs> you know, and uh, kind of, you know, shy away from the rest of the crowd at first. And, but, yeah, it, it, I always love hanging out with him. He's great. We always have a few beers after and the, that whole, he just isn't where even there. He's just always fun and outgoing. Yeah, he's he's good people. So bourbon talk. Yes, let's get into it. He so, likes that stuff too. So, so tonight, so last week uh, or la- two weeks ago, I mentioned that I. So my goal, let's back up. My goal is to bring a new bottle of bourbon every week to the yet to be named. Oh no, the Urban Fly Company Studios, uh, and 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 share it with 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 my friends here and and those who uh, deem to join us. Two weeks ago, I brought a bottle of Mellow Corn, which is not the worst, but it's eighteen dollars. Uh, this week, I brought banner of Mellow Corn. No, we need the banner back there. The Urban Fly Company Studios I, banner. That, that big banner. Yes, is, is we we've talked about that. We need that. I know it's that's we're working this chat. Our chat, Mark. We're working oh. this, Mark. This guy <laughs> and I have big ideas that are going to happen. Uh, I'm saying Jim. Jim and I have some big ideas for this room. This room's going to change. We're going to get some video going. But go back to Bourbon Talk for a second. Sorry. So this week... But uh, it's going to happen. Didn't you just tell me to go on? Yes, you, yes sir. <laughs> <laughs> this week, I brought a bottle of Weller Special Reserve. And if you're not a bourbon drinker, uh, Weller is really, really good. You can't buy it in Pennsylvania. So I'm going to ask you about your Wellers. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. Some of this other stuff we have has quirks in it. Well, there's a screw top. It is a screw top. Uh-huh. Huh. I'm just asking, why what, do, you, do you think that that makes a difference in the bourbon? Do you think that it makes a difference in the quality? Is there... I think it's cheaper for them to produce. Ba-dum-tsh. That's that's just really... Don't think it has no, that, that's really my no, only mix. guess. But the, but the quality the on the inside is still... That's phenomenal. So I, in my opinion, and I've drank, I don't know, a thousand different bourbons. All of it. Probably. All of it. Uh, Weller is in the top five of the best bourbons I've ever had. Okay. Easy. Uh, now, Weller as a brand. Like, this yes. Special Reserve is good, but it's nowhere near as good as the Weller 12 that I like a lot. But to buy a bottle of Weller 12... Uh, not retail is four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. To buy a bottle of Weller Twelve retail, it's forty nine ninety nine, <laughs> which is worth every dime. But their limited releases in Pennsylvania is archaic and stupid with their liquor, with the way they bring <laughs> liquor in, and we have liquor Absolutely. stores. Absolutely, yeah. So, so my brother in law lives in Illinois and he owns a liquor store. So when they get their releases and their their picks. He calls me because he knows I'm an easy mark. And <laughs> when they need to make when they need a fundraiser, they call <laughs> me and say, Hey, these are the bourbons we have in the basement. How many of them do you want? And I'm like, mm, all of them. Here's eight hundred dollars for all your bourbons. And then when he comes out or when I go out there, I'll go fetch my <coughs> X amount of bottles. Uh, which is usually at least a case or two. No, no. And and this is one of them that he brought back. And I had forgotten how good the special reserve was, or I would have kept it at home. 
It's really good. I'm happy you brought it. Do you, <laughs> are you, you going to leave it here? You can take it back home. Oh, I'm leaving it here. Because <coughs> uh, we've got we've got a we've four got roses. A nice collection. A four roses is gone. Yeah. Yep. Bullet rye. We've got it, the Evan Williams bottled and bond. We've got uh, Knob Creek, the nine year. Uh, Mark which, brought which a. We don't touch in too much. That that's really good stuff. It is good, mm-hmm. but it's it's phenomenal. It's hot and. I have a long drive home, so I try not it to hit the hot huts. Not as hot as last night's bourbon. No. Dang, was that good with a little bit of ice, though. That was good. It was and what, Larceny single barrel barrel proof? Yeah, it was the Larceny single barrel. I didn't have any of that, did I? I don't know. I hope I didn't. I only brought a half a bottle, uh, and I only brought it because it was our last tying night, and I wanted to uh, give my friends a special treat. But like, I got, I got two Maybe bottles of that from my brother-in-law. Up. And then Pennsylvania had it in their lottery. Uh, not their lottery, but their on. So Pennsylvania does a stupid thing now where it's like a whiskey release where it's not a lottery, but you have to check the website like a couple times a day. And if they've got it, you can order it, but you can only order one. Uh, and I found it and I got it and I ordered another bottle. So I knew I had another bottle at home. So I brought that half bottle to tying night. And I'm telling you, that bourbon is delicious. But it's hot, mm-hmm. like it's one twenty-five. In a different way, because like it hits you at first, and it's so like thick, and it's almost like a molasses. And then the whole time it goes down, it's like oh boy, and it hits bottom, and it just like erupts. Yeah, it's like, wow, <laughs> this is really hot. <laughs> so, so it doesn't hit you for a minute. So for for the average drinker, drop an ice cube in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I broke an ice cube in half and put it in there, and that really it opens it up. It takes a lot of that. That ethanol-y hotness out of it, and it allows you to taste the flavors without coughing Killing when yourself? you inhale yes. it. Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, that one needed it, and when it did, boy, it really, it did. really, it was, it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Bold flavors. In I it. got yelled at be uh, before we when we were off the air about how good of uh, bourbon that you let me drink. You didn't get yelled at over over some ice, right? I was over some ice. Yeah, I so after But it was some hot stuff too. What the hell was right? that? Yeah, it was it was something it was, he- it was some No, that was duty. after I went to International Angler. Yeah, we that was yeah. the International Made Angler the trek event. back to your house from Pittsburgh. You guys yeah. came back to my place yes, and we I sure did. And I gave Jay Beautiful place. Thank you. I gave Jay some uh Pappy Van Winkle 12 year. <laughs> and he took a sip and uh he was like I need ice. Do you, oh no, he said, "Do you ever put ice in your drinks?" And I was like, yeah, he goes, I need it. And that's when I was like, wait, 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 give me a sip of that before you put ice in that, please. Well, I mean, it, you know, knows. it's 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 for me, I'm I'm not a bourbon guy. Baby, I, I, I'm hanging out, I'm trying I I, I tried the bourbons. You I did touch them we to my lips, to get, all these. We need to get him a ball of Russell's. Baby needs a Twaysaw. Hey man, me no, I, I He needs I, Russell's. I just need to yeah. stick to beer because if I drink too much of this, I'm 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 not a big enough guy to hang around with you guys. I'm telling you though, buddy, that so the the first beast is when I brought a bo- our boat bourbon. You referred to me to the size of a tweaker the other night. No. Thank you. I did. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're a stereotype. Yeah, you dickhead. You dickhead. Um, uh, you know, I'm no. I'm just. I'm just thin. My look at my dad. My mom. I'm my not mom, wrong. My mom's, my mom's. No. No. My mom's five foot tall. My dad's five foot eight. I mean, I'm not going to be a big guy. They're both small people. Look at my sister. She's 
five foot something little and just tiny and yeah. But they're just you know, I mean, we're just not big people. I'm just not big people. I'm not yeah, a big person. I am not. I could. I eat like I eat like a big motherfucker. I'll tell you that. It could have been the meth that stunted your growth. <laughs> From who? Not me. I Dude, mean, Jesus. If you lost a couple teeth, <laughs> uh, which is which is not far from. But I mean, you know, I know you you come from that area too. Um, oh yeah. You know, we're all from Western Pennsylvania. I've got good teeth, uh, but you know, I just I'm not. And it's it's so funny. I know you're not a tweaker, but it's just, no, I'm just saying it's it's, it's it's so funny. Like. You, but you know, we all were teasing there and having a good oh, time yeah. and busting our stones. And but uh, yeah, we need to start you on Russell's because the the first whiskey I introduced reintroduced Mark to was Russell's, and I mean it changed it changed it's changed the trajectory of his drinking forever. Yeah, because he because he had he had sworn off whiskey effectively, like he was a gin guy and mostly a not drinking guy. Beer. He drank yeah, beer. I always like bit yeah, I mean I've I drank beer heavy for many years and I've tapered off to where it just doesn't settle with me right anymore. But bourbon I can sip a little bit here and there and oh. enjoy it and man. And, that and I brought and that well, Russell's we had, we had fun experiences throughout, you know, we're gonna go back to our you know, however long uh podcast. I mean some good times when oh my. Mark Mark you know, took some naps oh through some middays and had some good days and you know, I went over some, to Chad's like, yeah, if I'm going to some, sleep for a bit, and just some, disappeared my some, chest. Some long days of, of doing a lot of fun things. But Russell's Reserve is the official, completely non-sponsored uh, whiskey of the Urban Fly Cartel. Yes, it is. Well, so a well, year ago, Rick was supposed to make us a label of the Urban Fly Cartel to mimic the Russell's label. But... Uh, How's that working out, Rick? Yeah, Rick. Nice boat, by the way. Yeah, awesome boat. But Sounds I don't like think yeah, I, think I don't think we've seen that. Mm. Have you seen it, Mark? No. No. Hey, we're still talking no, about bourbon. I haven't right? seen it. Well, yeah, well, we are effectively. Well, we, we have to call out Rick for his inaction okay. here for a second, though. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, that's right. all, Rick. So. Make that label. Next topic. <laughs> next topics. <laughs> hey, uh, so next topic is the FT3 and Franklin. Pennsylvania on April 22nd. It's your long time reading your writing. No, man. Did I was just trying Franklin, to be... Franklin, Pennsylvania. Did it, you, it did you t- forget which I, state when you're I, in? No, when I, when I talk... PA, PA. What's PA? Oh, PA when, oh, you that's fuckers. Right, that's <laughs> a, Pennsylvania. You know, Pennsylvania. When, I get on, when I get on talking to these things and when I listen to myself, <laughs> I say things a little too fast. So Do you wait to hear it back after you say it? No, but when I listen to it afterward, you're a fucking asshole. I can't even fucking do my fucking lines without you guys giving me shit. We wouldn't if you didn't forget the state you live in. Oh, this is so I didn't forget the state. I was talking a little slower than I... Hey, the uh, FT Free in Franklin on April 22nd. uh, Tickets are on sale now. Okay, we're... Yeah, exactly. Exactly! That's why I was trying to slow down a little bit, you douche. We gotta cut all that. <laughs> Not, a perfect. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> all right. Give me two more mom. shots of bourbon, so, and I'm gonna punch Mark and fucking <laughs> tell this guy he's fat. You've been doing um, some work though on it to try to get some yeah, stuff no, closed it, down. It, so no. it's so. Oh yeah, F F T T. Actually, say what I was trying to say. We're having the F T three. That's not up to us. 
on April 22nd, and tickets are available now. That is they correct. They are on sale. And if you're going to come and hang out with this debauchery, please go get your tickets. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, we have... Uh, so April 22nd, Jeez. we are having a fly fishing expo from 2 to 5 at the Trails to Ales 2, their bottling facility. Uh, I just went to our city council last week. I got the entire street shut down. So we are able to just be out in the street. We're going to do some casting demonstration. There's going to be musky fly tying. Mark's going to be there. I got another buddy, uh, Mark Haynes, who's coming to do some trout tying. Uh, we're going to have a couple vendors there. There's going to be uh, an artist there that does... Jay will be streaking by 7.30. you goddamn right. <laughs> I'm going to do shots of everything, streak and tweak. Pin the fly on Jay. Dicks. There's a graphic designer that does only trout images that's going to be there selling stickers and artwork and stuff. There's a, a local... Cortland. Cortland. Cortland's going to be there. There's a local framing shop that's going to be there bringing artwork... Uh, the brewery is Ooh. making us a special beer label and a special beer for the night. Uh, and then at 5 o'clock, the Fly Fishing Film Tour show will start. That's going to run for two and a half hours. We've got a ton of prizes. The prizes provided by the sponsors of the F3T Plus. We're Which gonna are? Go ahead and talk about the sponsors a little bit. Uh, Costa. Yeti, uh, Oscar River Blues Brewing, and there's somebody what else. Thanks for throwing Sims, me. Probably? <coughs> Sims, absolutely. Sims <coughs> and Sage. Sage, Sa okay. Sage is giving us uh, 50% off of one rod, and I am going to buy a rod. And so there will be a Sims rod there. There will be Costa sunglasses. There's going to be beer koozies. There's going to be Yeti stuff. There's a loadout bucket. There's some Ramblers. Uh, we've got other donations coming in. I'm buying another cooler for it. Okay, well, I'm um, doing flies. Do you want yeah, a guide trip? Mark's doing flies and a guide trip. If you want one, we'll do a guide trip there. That well, sounds awesome. Hey, that sounds I mean, awesome. My buddy uh, Nick uh, Del Vecchio from Wildwood Outfitters is going to do a half-day guided steelhead trip next for next season because the steelhead season's pretty much over. He's going to have some flies. He's going to be there. Uh, there's going to be a ton of, of giveaways, a ton of stuff. Come. It's going to be awesome. We only have 500 seats in the theater, so we only have 500 tickets. So really, hey, go go do it. On Facebook, you can find the site either through our uh, Facebook page or the Facebook page of Franklin Moving Forward, which is the nonprofit that is sponsoring this. That's the nonprofit I started a couple years ago. To help build our city and to work on the, the water access. Uh, and, and the event is through that website. It's going to be an awesome time. We're all going to be there. Uh, I hear that Tim Landweir is thinking about coming out. I saw that on Facebook. Tim, if that's inaccurate. Uh, yeah, man. I'm sorry, but we're we're totally plugging you. If with, Tim, with zero Tim, confidence. If Tim if Tim <laughs> comes down, Zach better come down with him because if Zach doesn't, yeah, Zach's a cool dude. Yeah, come down along with him, then I will. You know, we'll be mad at Zach as well. Yeah, I'd love I'd love for some of our out of town listeners to come. Uh, we've got uh, we've got a great hotel in town. We've got bed and breakfasts. 
I, I've got 13 acres. If you want to pitch a tent and hang out uh, at the Sims compound around a fire afterwards, I know I've got three or four people already doing that. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a really, really good time. Woodstock at Sims. House. You know, no, I Woodstock, uh, and and I don't have neighbors. We were so. talking uh, to uh, I talked to our uh, our uh, buddies up north, um, Queen City guy Ryan Evans the other day. He said he's trying to get dates together to make it down for that. Hopefully him, Torgy, and you know, uh, as well as um, oh, who was at the at, at the beast, beast with us? Um, sorry, Nick? I'm Nick, and every all those guys are trying to come down as well. So that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome to see all those guys well down there with us in Franklin. Yeah, and then maybe if we get enough dudes together, we do a float Sunday. Oh, it's already in the works. We've got people coming in, so yeah, we'll definitely be fishing. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Fishing yeah. is going to be done. Yeah, I, I, that's that's like prime fishing time too. Absolutely. And all the areas for every kind of fish. That's yeah. how I was trying to maybe get some floats. There's going to just uh, down south boat, of that too. My boat will be on a lake for them periods of time. So my there boat will definitely yeah. be sticking fish there. My boat will be somewhere on that Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be uh, you know what's going to be rocking and rolling right there. Oh, and yeah, I know exactly what lake we're going to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can run my trolling motor to our spot. Oh, that yeah, yeah. Well, I would like to try that. The you place think the same too. one I am. Yeah, the one. I think right, so. The one in Not town the there. One by you. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. But even you know where we fish on that one. Yeah, you can get there. Yeah, yeah, I can get there and fish a day and come back. I oh, mean, if, easily. Yeah, yeah. easily. And yeah. I might have uh, the lithiums by then. Mm. I don't know. I gotta. I gotta save up for. Uh, an, I'm gonna buy the one, the 36 volt, 100 amp hour battery. Bad, bad batch. Yeah, but bad I, batch. I can run that boat two days in a row on 100 amp hours at full throttle on a 112, which I never do unless it's windy as hell and we just spot lock. That'd be nice to be able to do that. Right? Because then you can just crank it and not worry about it. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, F3T in Franklin, April 22nd. Uh, tickets are available on the F3T site. Just look up Franklin, Pennsylvania. They're available on Facebook via uh, go to the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast or go to Franklin Moving Forward. Please come. We'd love to see you. We'd love to hang out. It's really going to be a great time. Tim, that means you. Please come. That'd be awesome. All of us. Uh, everybody. Everybody. If you're in the area and you want to, uh, that'd be just wonderful. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit more about the Mentored Youth Day. It's one of our upcoming events, and this is about the time we're talking about upcoming events. Um, man, I can't wait. Uh, my daughter and I, my daughter, I talked to her last week about it, even, and she's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to kick ass. <laughs> like I'm ready. Not like, I'm ready to fish. I'm ready to kick ass. Like like I'm ready. Like she she honestly feels like she's ready. Like she she's ready. So and talking about that, you know, last week she's like, uh, you know, she she felt excited. And when you know, a kid feels excited about those types of things, I now feel very excited. You know, I'm ready. If the kids br- I'm I'm ready. Let's go. Like let's go. I want to see my daughter ca- catch 25 fish. And it for me, it's just the fun. Yeah, it's going to be my kid's first year doing the, the trout mentored field day. And I'm, I'm super excited for it. I talked to him about it this week, too. And he's super excited. And I really want to thank you, Jay, 
for uh, some hand-me-down waders for my son so I don't have to uh, go out there and acquire them. I think I, I think that was very nice, and I appreciate well, it very much. You know, I don't want stuff to sit in the in the closet and not get used. And my daughter is getting very tall, and she's very skinny, so she's tall. So, and she just she just outgrew all that stuff, and they, they fit her around the waist, but her crotch is like in her like halfway around through her <laughs> legs. Last time she wore them, and she dealt with what she had to then. So we just bought her a new pair, and. Uh, you know, hey, I just want those to they were taken care of and they don't have any holes. So Yeah, and I've got two that's more That's the only thing that matters in a pair of waders that they don't have holes and they don't let you get wet. And I've got two more kids that are going to use them as they grow up into them. So yeah. it's it's very much appreciated. Yeah, we we gave the last pair to my nephews and the one my one nephew, he's a little too young or too a little too small for them ones, so you know, I'm I'm glad that they're going to go to good use, you know, nothing to to it but to do it. They're just uh the like I'm a cheaper pair of Tidewees, Tidewees, Tidewee, I think it's Tidewee you find on Amazon, you know. Yeah, that's what I got my kid for, too. Yes, exactly. For a kid and it's 20 30 bucks. My kid grows out of everything so Yeah, fast. that's exactly it's impossible, it. man. Exactly. It's so impossible to buy your kid something and and I told her she gets a little bit older, 12, 14 maybe we'll, you know, start looking into a nicer pair, but for now it's throwaways. You know, we're getting Disposals. those that we're just basically, you know, and, and those ones didn't have holes. So I'm like, hey, we're just gonna give them the next guy. So I appreciate it. But I'm pumped. She's pumped. She got a new pair of waders. She got. We went out. We got some uh, new. Uh, we got some new Joe's flies. You know, and <laughs> we. Uh, I was, you know, asking her which one she wanted, and she picked them out and. I was like, well, this is the selection. She's like, well, well, how about these? And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. Those don't work like those do. Those don't work like these do. We just need to pick these. And I and I did grab uh, I grabbed a MEPS or two for myself. Because I like MEPS too. But if you know what you're doing, you can use a MEPS well. Those spin with no resistance and you can swing them. Oh, so Panther Martins like Panther Martins yeah, same Panther thing Martins. yes Panther Martins yes maps little, little Panther Martins yes so yeah. you oh, just yeah. stick that rod and just let it swing and just lift it and drop yes. it and lift and then whack yes and those are those are the types of things that I use Joe's flies because they're easy for the kids and if you have skill then you you know then you move on to the Panther Martin or you have a lot of you know, a lot of resistance or a lot of... Is your daughter throwing a fly rod? No. Okay. No, there is no There's kid bringing a fly rod. There I, isn't, I hope there's not a whole f- a soul on this place that brings a fly rod. I'll bring, I'll bring this is, mine for me. This is not the place for the... F- no, you bring a... So my son can reel bring, one in. No, you bring the ultra light and you just show your kid how to use that. <laughs> That's what I do. No, I'm I'm that going way nobody to nobody gets hooked. I'm going to be out there beating the living shit six feet away from my kid. I'll, I'm we're gonna read the rules right now because I uh, went and bought my daughter the uh, you know you have to have a little license. I paid the three dollars for the uh, little more extensive license because I like this. And if they keep promoting this youth mentor day, that would. You know, until my kid's 16, and I'm like, damn that mentored youth day. <laughs> 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 We're going to go with this. But, okay, so mentored anglers, 
must obtain a current or year mentored youth permit or a voluntary youth fishing license from the commission and be accompanied by a licensed adult angler in order to participate. So, you know, you got to go get your kid the voluntary, like, it's, it looks just like a license. Or I, I, I buy the one that's like $2. Can we pin it to their hat? You can. <laughs> you definitely can. I'm just saying, I don't want people to go out there and, and, and not know, what you know, that they need to have this. No, c- continue, because I, I just learned uh, what you just read. Okay. So, you know, if you're 16 years old or older, you have to have a license, but you have to have a 16-year-old or younger person with you that you're angling within six feet of you. Which is always the instance for me, and I have definitely fished and handed rods off within, you know, with why the kids are fishing, and just, I'm, I'll trade them. I'll just, here, give me your rod. <laughs> I'm going to reel that in, and you reel this fish in, you know, as we're fishing, because I don't, I don't care to reel any of the fish in, but I want every kid to reel a fish in. Yeah, agreed. On that day. Um I, 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 it goes through, blah, 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 it has to be seven inches, yada, yada, yada. I think these were some of the other things that I read over that I think uh, some people need to at least hear. Uh, the youth should be capable of fishing on their own with limited assistance from the mentor. The mentor should be fishing within arm's reach with or six feet of actively fishing mentored youth. The PFBC is discouraging youth organizations from using this as an opportunity to get a larger group of youth fishermen within a minimal adult supervision. So this is kind of like, I think that last rule is kind of getting away from like, hey, Boy Scout groups. Right. We're not taking out Boy Scout groups going on and and maiming fish with, you know, three dudes overseeing like 15 kids. Right. That makes sense. Does the adult need a trout stamp? The adult needs all the proper... Like you better have a yeah you have to have a trout stamp and a mm. and a you know a regular fishing yes, license and a license and a fishing license yes we sir because I don't have a trout stamp so you should get the trout stamp yeah I'll get a trout stamp and and the, and the youth permit at the same time yeah probably just get the combination yeah who I, knows you might go steelhead well, fishing I, one day well I buy oh yeah I'll get the I'll get the trout in Lake Erie yeah stamp but like I I buy a ten year license. Uh, so I buy the 10-year license, and I buy the 10-year muskie voluntary permit. Uh, I don't get a trout stamp because I might trout fish once every five years. But now that my boy's going to possibly want to, uh, maybe I'll get a five-year or just go one year after year after year because I'll have to buy him a, a mentored license every year. So that was a good thing to bring up. Thanks yeah. for... So if you're in Pennsylvania, that weekend is the 25th. That's Saturday. Yes. March and, 25th. Yep. And the following weekend, the following Saturday, is the first day of trout statewide for, you know, I will not Pennsylvania fishermen. I will not be trout fishing that day. I will be. I will I will be on... I'll be in your backyard. Awesome. I will be on a big body of water uh, fishing for muskie that are chasing the trout coming out of those streams or i will be hung over af because my birthday is the day before well, we might be celebrating with you and i might be hung over af trying to fish <laughs> for these stupid little <laughs> trout i won't i won't take my raft out 
until probably the second weekend where there'll be about no fishermen and everybody who does fish is like, well, that's, I did it before in my, with my wife and well, that's the way to be on the Creek. Yeah. All that's the- what everybody says to me. They're like, holy shit. Look what the hell you got. Thank God. Well, that's cool, and they all appreciate it, and I'm gone out of their hair. I don't fish any of it. Yeah, and in my backyard, all the muppers will be gone. Yeah. So, so they're there for that first weekend. That second weekend, they don't they don't make the journey up. Uh, so I will I will educate everyone what a mupper is. Uh, no, they know what muppers is. Oh, we, yeah. we, we, we've we went over muppers many geez. times. Right. I, I'm going to talk a little bit about the uh, the book here. <laughs> the book. They changed. Infatuated they with that changed. Book. No, they changed the book though. They changed the Pennsylvania book where you get the book. You know, you can buy your license at their their Walmart or anywhere places around you. I play at a gun store right across the street from where I work. But I grabbed the book. They're like, "Hey, you want a book?" I said, "Sure, I'll take a book." You know, I thought it was pretty cool. In the back of the book this year, uh, if you turn it upside down, uh, twist it around. Uh, the back side of the book is the Pennsylvania Boating Handbook, and there is a ton of information in there. And if you don't know what the hell you're doing with boating, you know, when you, if you're novice to it, honestly, read it. There is a ton of great information in there for somebody who's novice to backing their boat and what they should do. Boat etiquette. There's a lot in there about just generalized things that you should know, you know, if you're, have a boat out on the water, you know, green and red, what that means, going up this side of the river, that side of the river, how you're supposed to, you know, steer your boat around other boats yeah, in certain your, situation. Your requirements, you need a whistle, you need a fire yes, extinguisher, yes. you need a you need a deployable, floatable device. If your boat's under 16 feet, you need uh, a PFD from certain days to certain days. thought it was There's, a... It, yeah, even if you know the rules, check it out because rules change. Yep, and it's good to get a refresher. Yeah, I thought that was a uh, a very like in the that was not in the book when we were growing up as kids, mm. and I thought that was in a great addition to the book that they give everybody. Uh, I just thought it was good. I, I didn't think it was a bad addition to that type of thing. So I I did I grabbed the fishing boat and it, it tells you all kinds of different stuff and. Uh, well, you know, hey, different water. What you gotta that. do? What you gotta know? Minimum musky size, still thirty inches. Thing I thought it was forty. Thought it was forty. No, if you're in a certain situation, thirty inches. What? Where's that? Yeah, that's garbage. Right. Turn the page one more time. Right we are there. going to we are going to start inches. a brief airing of grievances. <laughs> huh? Uh, that river system's forty. Go back yeah. to uh, most of them I looked at were most of them I looked at were forty. Thirty inches for a muskie. Which no, is right ridiculous. Here. Right here. Forty in the Commonwealth, thirty on the one specific water. Forty. Mm-hmm. This is forty right here. This is forty. But even so, like why? Well like, who's keeping a forty or forty three inch muskie? You don't Oh, if don't listening. Keep any don't of those fish. Yes, I mean, sure. Who? Nobody cooks a muskie. I don't think. No. I don't think any of that. I think they moved. You need to spend a little bit of time on Facebook, because let me tell you, there is in that water where that thirty-inch limit is. There's multiple. I don't want to say multiple a day, but there is definitely at least equivalent to a fish a day being kept out of there through the whole summer period of time. Daily. 
That's a shame. Daily. Is it? I, yeah, it's, it is stupid. And in, in the springtime when the they're screen? in there with the walleyes, multiple, multiple daily. Are, are, is it people that back their boats in with a car? Or do they <laughs> back it in via there is, a different way? There is Facebook pages <laughs> that I'm a part or of. Or face first. That have recipes for them. Wow. Yes. There That's is plenty being kept out of there. That's plenty. And 30, 30 inches are, I mean, those are those are good brewed stock musky. That's a, that's a damn shame. I don't know. It really is. Well, we have a new guy in charge here. I've reached out to him to have him on the podcast so we can get an explanation. He's still crickets here. Yeah. We'll, we'll take I, it from there. But Maybe hey. Jared warned him. <laughs> yeah, that went well last time. Just don't get me started on the Army Corps. Oh, uh, yeah. That's ridiculous. I mean, I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't. I mean, I know you want quantity out there, but have some respect. You're putting a lot of money into these. These are the number one focus. You've put the most into these. Why? Yeah, and then look at the big look at the states that have quality mus- musky fisheries that people travel for over fifty inch minimum. Over fifty inch minimum. So if if Pennsylvania wants to take itself seriously as a musky state, you need to get rid of that thirty. They're not. They even- don't. They should, though. They don't. They don't care about that. And I'm going to straight call it out to crap on it. They don't care about that. But with the money they that... They care about as many people possibly fishing as they possibly can. Period. And if, if you want more people fishing, have more bigger muskies. Because, you know, we've spent so much money on all these fish hatcheries. And, you know, the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance, the, the Three Rivers Muskies, Inc. You know, these organizations are paying good money to buy minnows to feed these muskies. You know, the Nittany Valley, uh, we bought, they bought like two or three feeders for these hatcheries for muskies. So if you're putting all this money into muskie and now they're not putting in uh, yearlings or put or fingerlings, they're putting yearlings in. So if you're doing all of this, why undo it by having a 30 inch limit? And one you're of your best- You're gonna put a yearling in at what, 19 inches? Yeah. What is he, a year and a half, two years old, that fish is going to become pushing close to 30. But yeah. in three years, that fish is guaranteed at 30 inches. Yeah. So you're... Well, why are you... What? Come yeah. on. So you're spending all this money to have to have your hard work harvested in a year? I mean, it, it just makes sense to increase the limit to, to 50. I mean, I, I know I know we're, that's pie in the sky because it's 40 now. On that brood lake, it's 30. But like that lake is the definition of musky success for Pennsylvania, and to have the record at to have the minimum of thirty is just ridiculous. Regardless of though, at some point in time there needs to be a line drawn in the sand. Just as people, as you don't need it, you're not entitled to it. Grow up. If you yeah. don't like it, too bad. Yeah. There is no reason for you to take that fish that needs to be in that water system that grows to twenty years old or longer. You don't need it. Yeah, shut up! I don't care. Right, and if right, you're right, out, right, and if you're out fishing for musky, you don't need that fish to eat, right? No, like you've got you hundreds of it. dollars in gear, you can shoot down to Giant Eagle, and pick yourself up some haddock. You don't need that musky to survive as a family, right? Let it go. Let's move the let's move the limit to fifty. It just was it that, just was, that a, was that a small airing of grievances I didn't get to at least yell about. 
I, uh, I, I, I weaned us into the airing of. All right, well, that was a very well, small weaning. Okay, double the fishing license price too. All right. Oh God, we're not gonna go there, Mark. Mm-hmm. Right? Not, not tonight. Not tonight. We'll go there double another it. night. We'll, we'll, we'll go here. there. We'll go there another night. Triple. We'll stop, stop here, Mark. Man. All right, all right. So, so we're gonna go to our next, uh, our next uh, couple of things we want to talk about. So we're pushing a million views. That was one of my off the rails things I wanted to talk about. That's pretty cool. It way, is way to go, Jim, little Jimmy. I try. I do things whenever That's, I it's can. It's been pretty cool, it, and and hopefully it gets us a few more listeners, and hopefully a few more people want to talk, listen about, you know, our airing grievances and all the silly things we've talked about tonight, and all the great things we've talked about tonight. Um, we'll put it right there. Duke won the ACC title. That means a bunch to me. See, I will sit and watch college basketball all day. It's my favorite sport. As much as we talked about college or a bunch of pro football this season, I like this more than I like that. Uh, I was on the couch in all my Duke Duke underwear, my Duke my Duke pants, my Duke hoodie, laying on the couch, passed out watching them through my eyelids last night when my wife walked in. You know, because they played so late. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, that they took on a new coach, and 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 left a coach that is just outrageous. Mark, I know you don't give a fuck, but still zero. Yeah, but same. still, but you zero. when you lose when you lose a guy like Coach K, I don't give if you're a football program, a basketball program, a anything program. When you lose a coach that has basically made like your equivalent made your I'd rather, knitting knitting like i care as much about college basketball as i do like a knitting video i'd rather shower with my daddy yeah than sit through a whole <laughs> i think it's like i think you know any basketball here, here's my problem with college sports and i'm gonna take football because everybody oh college football that's great everybody plays extremely hard but three quarters of these people are going to be something that i have no idea the rest of my life who the hell they are I don't yeah. care about them. Uh, same. If they're going to be there playing every Sunday, I'll watch them every Sunday for the next 12 years. But I don't want to watch all of these kids that are going to turn out to be some whoever what business person somewhere down the road. I'm with Mark. That is not an athlete. 10% of these people are athletes and they're really good, and the other 90% are really not good at all. Yeah, and I... So I want to watch good people play. I'll watch, like... No, I won't watch professional basketball, but if it's on, I'll watch it. But I'm not gonna sit and watch a college game. I don't. I don't. I played no. basketball all through. When you get to you pros, know, I'll kinder- watch you. Until then, no. Kindergarten and tenth grade, I played time. basketball. I played on three on three tournaments all through high school and college. But I would rather seriously watch anything else than basketball. I think the way that I I I, I like the uh, I like the setup, and I think uh, even baseball is going to it a little more. Wow, holy shit. We shifted the whole table. Getting I think I'm just going to give you this big boy chair. I'm very big. Uh, I think even the shift from, like, you even see baseball going to more of what college basketball does. They run a two-hour program. They run, you watch a college basketball game, and it lasts two fucking hours. And mm, you can be quick. done, and you could watch your show. You could watch your whatever you're going to watch within two hours. And it's I, I like it more than the pro game because I feel like it's a little more exciting. And I understand what you mean by when you say 
I'm about quality. You, I, I understand. I understand. I know, but you're an elitist, Mark. You've always been an elitist, and that's who you are. So for yeah. me, for me, uh. for me, I'm just saying. But I like to watch. I watch Duke. I watch an elite program. So I watch a program who has kids who come in who are basically primed to go to the next thing. It's like watching Kentucky or another program. And I've watched Duke well before they were that kind of program. I watched them when they were a program that put in four-year starters and these kids who would stay there for four years and then win national titles. Now it's not that way. Now it's it's just not set up that way now. No, they're in and out. It's just, it, yeah, it's just a too big of a program. But Much again, money. Yeah, well, it's a one-year program, though. You're only you're watching these guys go. It's not even like, like watching college football where kids got to play for three years. Kids got to play for three years to even be anything. You know, this kid's only playing there for one year, and he's going to go on to the NBA. And then, like uh, the kid from Kentucky last year, uh, Tyler, Tyler Childress, whatever the hell his name is, but uh, he plays for Oklahoma City and is doing great now. You see it, and the the talent's already there, <clears throat> especially in basketball, and, and and a lot of times in football too nowadays. When you watch college football, these kids are basically already. If you're watching the better programs, if you're watching Ohio State's or your Alabama's or your other programs, you're watching talent that is so close to NFL talent. Georgia, Georgia, everybody on. Yes. No, it's not. Yes, no, it is. No, because that kid from the one, no, the best, the best kid from think Georgia about got. This. No, the best kid from Georgia got taken into the NFL last year and made a huge difference on his team right off the bat. Okay, one player. Now Alabama puts out seven of them that have been there for three years, being developed in the first round. Georgia's okay. the same way. Seven. Georgia's seven. Georgia's the same way. Now it takes twenty-two of them. And they've had this conversation a million times. As close as they still may think they are, Alabama at their prime is still going to get beat by Jacksonville oh, at two and fourteen. Sure. No, they're not. I'm not saying they're NFL players. I'm saying, but you were and watching. A lot of them players still you were take watching, two or three years. You're watching develop. NFL close players, and as and as close as the sports have ever been is right now. And the only reason that basketball is that way is because basketball has changed completely. So is football. And the, the thing about football and the reason that the quarterback, especially the quarterback position, has changed so much is because now they're setting up for that guy. They're they are, up. but they're still developed. They are. Like, they're still developed, even at like, a DN. A DN's the number one player that's going to combat a quarterback. It's, it's three, four years before he develops into where he's a – he's three years in. The Eagles quarterback, yeah, he's three years in, but he's – it's that's a gimmicky college – Offense that they're running with a number top five defense in the league. Sure, but I'm saying yeah, they're running an offense. And he's still three years in. He's not in college. He's three years in. Him in college and him now. You look at all the best quarterbacks are only difference. two or three years out of all their, all of them. How many has he won? Just saying, all of the guys are. Purdy's right out of college. He got beat. He looked like he was glorious. It's oh, still coming down were, to the but developed I'm saying all players. Them were very good though. Patrick Mahomes. He was four, three, four years in the league. He won. He. You know, it's not long. All these guys, it's it. I think I it's a, I think it's a lot quicker win. game. You see, you see all these guys. Oh, it is a quicker game. Josh Allen. Josh Allen is only a few years out. You know, you're seeing these older like all these young guys are coming right in, and just making a. I'm not disagreeing right in, with right in. Joe Burrow. What's his, his third what year? I'm, what I'm in saying his second is second years in, in the Super Bowl. Josh Allen is one player on a 22 man team. The other 21 players suck. 
They're all pretty. I don't want to watch. They them. were the no, only they team. Weren't. No, they were. Wyoming? No, they were the only team that was that was actually. Google uh, if anybody else on Josh Allen's Wyoming team is playing in the NFL oh, right now. His Wyoming team. I'm just saying. Oh, I think no. Bill's team. I don't I, think they are. I don't think I need to Google that. <laughs> I don't think, I think you do you're either. talking about his, his Bill's no, team. No, we're still Bill going back to the college thing is the what? No, he was a stud in college. <laughs> oh, he was, but the rest of his team stunk, so I'll wait till he's a, wait till he's a pro and it's better one. I didn't watch him at Wyoming either. He's one of those guys. He's Chris like a Ben Roethlisberger that Chris nobody is watched. His hand hard but here. nobody, but nobody watched Ben Roethlisberger at fucking uh, my Miami no. of Ohio either. But it's again, he's one of those guys. Go ahead. Sorry. Penguins won the night. Oh, yeah, nice. I like to see that too. And and yeah. the Indians, they're not three to terrible. two against the Rangers, and so <coughs> it went into overtime. So the the point split is still there, but we are fighting the Rangers for the wild wild card spot. So that's very important. I like it. Professional sports. I like professional <laughs> sports. I like how I hockey also has like their college. System. And there's nothing oh, like dude. the hockey NCAA has a tournament. Great way to develop players. Yeah, dude. They are the yes. And now baseball uh, is phenomenal so does, too. So does basketball. Base? But no, they don't. At this, yeah, they do. No, at this point don't. in my life, great. no, not comparison to what hockey and baseball do. At this point in my life, hockey is my number one sport to watch. because uh, there's 82 games. Right, there's no drama, right? Like if you don't like a player, you actually get to fist fight that guy <laughs> during the middle oh, of I the game. Disagree. I like it. And then you have to sit down for two whole minutes because yeah, you picked the fight, right? Hockey's the best. It's nonstop. Very few commercial breaks, and it is quick too. It's games quick. are done in a yes, couple it's hours. It's not yeah. bad. It's three twenty-minute periods with do, like going to the games. I miss going to them. Oh, they yeah. are they are the oh, most yeah. fun. Yes, yeah. it is just. I it, agree. It, full energy to me. NH, I wish the NHL would get their shit together and do better at airing their sports on actual channels that people get and watch. Well, but that well, comes down have. to views, though, too, because it does. They, them they they extend the contracts out to them, and the views just aren't there in hockey. Well, they have this it's year. It's gotten bigger. They it's have gotten, this year, and they yeah, basically the, the they years, basically yeah. split time now on ESPN, and they split time on TNT on the off nights of basketball. They basically flip-flop their sport. Mm-hmm. So now when it's not basketball on... When it's basketball on TNT, it's hockey on ESPN and flip-flop throughout the week. But if you want to watch, watch both. If you want to watch the Penguins, you have to have AT&T Sportsnet well, yeah, yeah. right now. And Root, Root Sports has them too, don't it? Well, that Root Sports is what AT&T Sportsnet used to be. And now AT&T Sportsnet is shutting down. So who knows where the Penguins hockey is going to land. Uh, mm. But And the NHL said, you know, we'll make this work no matter what we have to do. Because I mean, the Pens, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, the Pens are a dynasty. The, well, the dynasty. I mean... I mean, the last time they won was 2016 and 2017, but that's not that long ago. And they had, oh, they have the exact same team they have now, minus Phil Kessel, it's and and Flower. Uh, it's really the exact. <laughs> no, the no, exact I'm same with team. it. Yeah, they're just getting older. Yeah, yeah, just the, brought Bonino back. Yeah, they did bring, but mm-hmm. but that Bonino call in that 2017 mm-hmm. a- NHL game. So they went to that Punjab channel, and it was It's the fucking greatest call in all of hockey, in my opinion. 
I loved it. And because that was the goal that won the Stanley Cup for the Penguins. Nick Bonino. Well, there you go. Bones. So, so enough I got sports. It, I got, no, yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna come back uh, with. Uh, we're not coming back. Any. We're not. We're not leaving. But uh, we're uh, talking about Larry Green Jr. Uh, he caught a 51-inch muskie on the fly in Pennsylvania. And for a Pennsylvania muskie, you know that's awesome. Congratulations to Larry. Um, That'll be a tough one to beat. You know that's cool, man. That's a big fish. It is. And guess guess what it came on, Mark. Do you look? You see the side of fish face? Big ass white fly. Not big ass. I wouldn't even call it big. It looked like a shad. Almost had a little gray over the top of it. Game changer? No, no, no. Buford? No, no. More like a like a beast. Yeah, kind of looking with the gray. I mean, everybody can go look online. I I almost looked like it had like a like a fox or crafter over the top like the gray i'm i mean again not exactly sure looked like a big ass white mess in the side of this giant muskie's face but hey congratulations congratulations to uh larry green jr on his 51 inch muskie on the fly that's pretty awesome he is a he'll be fishing against us again in the beast this year so hey have a good time at the beast this year and uh congratulations to you other than that, um, I have just next week, we'll have uh, our guest will be Chad Bauer. Uh, Shane O'Toole will be in-house as well with him to talk uh, some three-way smokers corner with uh, Chris and Chad. And um, other than that, hopefully Jim talks a little bit more in the next podcast because he didn't say enough. You get him to talk on a week, he's getting booted out. Yeah, it's... Next week you're uh, you're not even <laughs> on the podcast, all right? You, you're you're getting filled in for no, no. You'll be in the first segment, and then I guess we'll come in. And Jim's gonna be paying attention a little more to the uh, the video next week. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, well, we're gonna do a couple things in here. Set up a couple different angles and stuff. Nice. I'm sorry that anybody's gonna have to see my face. Yeah, we all. Well, I'm definitely gonna have to take the sweatpants off. Apparently, so will Mark. We'll have to look a little Gotta more presentable. Gotta get you guys into the get you guys into makeup. More makeup. presentable. When's the last time I've taken these sweatpants off? <laughs> yeah, you 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 live in a basement. Exactly. Like this. this. Is my presentable. <laughs> you live. I don't see anybody else in between here and there. You don't see the light of day for like twelve hours, oh. Mark. I put deodorant on for you guys. <laughs> Mark, Mark. Next thing we know, Mark's gonna look like uh, the guy from uh, Lord of the Rings. Like Jabba the Hutt. Talking about the precious, the precious, Golem. precious. Talking about these these fucking flies Whipping and this fucking bucktail. The precious bucktail. Live down there. I know. Hey man, you gotta do what you gotta do. Look, flies look great. Yeah, thanks. Hey Mark, who we've been brought to by? Hey Rex Hooks. All my flies are tied on them. I love them. Yeti. Built for the wild, Sims Fishing. Check out all their new gear on Cortland Lines. Friends of the show, thank you, Ryan Evans of Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis, Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank at Chippewa River Custom Rods, the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance. Thanks for hosting the Beast and all your other tournaments. Uh, and our buddies over at Muskie Fool. 
uh, in in the risk of plugging another podcast, <coughs> they just came out with uh, the Spot Burn. I watched the first episode. It's awesome to see Dan and Josh out there talking and BSing. I love those guys. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. We really appreciate you listening. If you've made it this far, if you have, truly appreciate it. We only have two hours of your uh, ears to feel so fill. So you know. Go listen to some other podcasts. They're out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there are a lot of good ones out there. We've got a lot of good friends that are hosting their own podcasts. <laughs> Maybe one of our segments will be uh, podcasts to listen to after you listen to ours. Uh, but again, thank you guys for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Check out the Facebook group, uh, The SVS Fly Fishing Podcast, F3T, coming up March or uh, April 22nd. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Toodles. <laughs>